Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. and welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. We are, we're here. I'm joined with T-Rex and the Juggernaut, Jake Ellenberger. Yes. What's up, guys? You guys, uh, how, was, how, how was your week? How, what, what did you do, T-Rex? What did you do, Jake? Uh, didn't do too much. Hang out with the family, man. I just uh, son played hockey this weekend. My daughter's ice skated and swam and all that. So nice. Do very white stuff in the suburbs. White stuff. <laughs> there we go. Hockey, skating, and uh, swimming. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. So you, you, you moved away from yourself. I did, that's man. It. The fewer black people, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Especially, that's the one word that uh, black people don't You don't want to call a black person. It starts with an N and ends with an R. Is a neighbor. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, we had. Hold a on, you start over. Is that too offensive? Moving away from yourself. Is that? Is that? That's not too offensive. Okay. All right. Okay. And then. Uh, Jake, what's uh, Jake? What's uh, how was your week, man? That was good. You know, I I, um, I had a couple good good hard uh, training Saturday morning and just kind of just kind of chilled, just relaxed and didn't do a lot. So did you finally have? Uh, uh, relations this week? Did, was there any women in the life mm. of Jake Ellenberger? No, I hung out with some friends. You know, went out to went out to went out to dinner. But, Boo. No, wow, this yeah. is five months in a row that you yeah. have not touched a girl, and I totally believe you, man. I think that's. Mm. Uh, I totally believe that Jake, the priest Ellenberger. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, that. That should be your nickname, like the priest uh, Jake Celibate Ellenberger. Wow. Uh, when was the last time that you got any action, Jake? Jugger not getting any. Um. <laughs> mm. Jeez, I, I really come on, man. I, mean, I think know, you're man. just being modest know. right now. It wasn't during the Rory fight. No, no, I'm not kidding. So, uh, what, no, when was the last time you? Oh, I got it after the fight. I got an earful. I got my ass whooped after the fight, but it's all good though. It's all good. Nice. No, yeah. Okay. So, that, thanks for evading the question. All right. So, I had a great, great week. I, I've had some amazing shows. Uh, uh, I had a show at the uh, the John Lovitz Club. Cody Bollinger came. Oh, and, nice. Yeah, uh, I saw the picture of you and Cody. Yeah, it was great. He actually, uh, he was in the crowd and actually missed weight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Did he save weight. the cheesy mustache? No, he didn't. He He's... still has that catch a predator mustache right. thing going so, for him. <laughs> But uh, I like Cody. He, he's, he's a really good guy, man. I'm happy he's in the World Series of Fighting. Yeah, uh, nice guy. Real nice guy. Real nice guy. Saturday night, there was some big show, uh, big fights. Saturday mm-hmm. night, big shows. I'm saying yep. big shows. Big, uh, big fights. Uh, Machida versus Musasi. What did you guys think of that fight? You know, it was a... It kind of it kind of went as I, was, as I expected a little bit. You know, it was a good, uh, you know, five-round fight in... Um, yeah, it, I just felt like Machida was always one step ahead, you know, just a little, always a step ahead. But uh, you know, and he's he's very unpredictable. But it was, it was a fun fight to watch. I feel like his fight should be one round. <laughs> I mean, he. Uh, I like Machida. I mean, he's got to be one of the most awkward guys to fight. Dude, he looks oh, so he weird. His whole stance and style. Mm-hmm. It's it's, just, uh, yeah, it's like unpredictable. Like if I was fighting, I wouldn't know what to do. I'd be like, dude, what are you doing right well, now? Well, how do you get a guy to emulate him in sparring? That's got to be one of the <laughs> hardest know. things, right? I mean, who do you bring in to act like Machida? 
I mean, that's uh, Josh Blue. <laughs> Josh, yeah. Josh Blue from Last Comic Standing. That's that, that's who you would bring in. Uh, All the herky jerky movement. I, I mean, that's uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. He's a very very tough guy to fight, uh, but, she, uh, but you know what? He is he will is he, does he deserve a title shot at 185? I don't think. Ne- maybe next, if if uh, if Weidman beats Belfort, which I think Chris Weidman will beat Belfort. Does he mm-hmm. fight Machida next? Um, yeah, probably. That's probably who he should fight mm-hmm. next. I mean, I can't yeah. think of. So who else at 185? Yeah, who else at 185? I mean, you got to say Jacare, who, who looked good against Carmont. Jacare! Jacare. Uh, you know, Carmont, that was, a, that was another fight that was an awkward fight to watch. Mm-hmm. His, his, mm-hmm. Yeah, Carmont's facial expressions are, like, really weird to me. Like, for some reason, mm-hmm. my wife and I were watching the fight, and we were just saying, like, dude, his face looks so strange. He's like, eyes are real big and just looking around. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like he was seeing the aliens, too, with GSP and <laughs> Connor. Um, Tyron Woodley actually said uh, that it looked like he was popping locking from the bottom. He was right. he was going to be like you got served after after the show. but uh, after the fight it was a good uh, you know what Jacare is another guy who um you know tough it shows you know how how good Luke Rockhold is because Luke Rockhold beat Jacare and Jacare mm-hmm. is looking he's looking unbeatable right now. I mean. I mean, obviously, there's guys that are, I think, but he, he's another guy. There's Brazilians. There's three Brazilians that Chris Wyman has to beat. Mm-hmm. You, you look at you look at Jacare, you look at Belfort, and you look at Machida. <laughs> if, if those are like the, yeah, you know. three. Yeah, I was thinking they were gonna make uh, Machida and Jacare fight, maybe, but who knows? Yeah, that'd be a good fight. Who do you think wins that fight? That's an. <sighs> I know it's a weird fight. Yeah, yeah it's a really weird fight. Hmm. Um, Brazil wins in that fight. Brazil wins yeah, that fight. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's, uh, you know, and then Charles Oliveira beat Andy Ogle. That was a good fight. Uh, Charles de Bronx Oliveira. And the then, but then afterwards, he accused <laughs> Oliveira of greasing, in which Ogle called him a effing turd. <laughs> So uh, so those two are going back and forth. It's weird that you beat a guy and then accuse him of greasing after you beat him. Right. Uh, there's this whole new culture now of being like a – of winning and still being so, a, a sore winner. A sore winner, you know, of not shaking the hands, of mm. insulting them afterwards. It used to be after you won, you go, I, I won. But now he's upset that he goes, the reason I couldn't, I couldn't finish him with the first two rounds because he was greasing. <laughs> Have you ever fought a guy that was greasing, Jake? Not that I know of. I mean – you know, guys sweat so much too. It's kind of like, I don't know. Not not that I know. Bendo's hair Possibly. is greasing. Ben Henderson's hair is actually <laughs> full of soul glow and greasing. Uh, soul glow. <laughs> and he, since he's part Korean, it's S E O U L. Oh so, my God! Soul glow. Soul glow. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Oh, where do you come up with this? I don't oh, that's know. That's great, man. That's great. <laughs> don't know where he comes up with this. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, I mean, uh, so a lot of what else is going on? Um, Bellator uh, supposedly has signed Gilbert Martinez. Um, Gilbert Melendez. Martinez, girl Melendez. I don't know who Gilbert Martinez. is. Who's Gilbert Martinez? Is it? Uh, is he a comic that works at the Ha Ha? I, I think he's a comic up third tonight at the Ha Ha. I'm sorry, my 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 head's uh, in five different places right now. But um, you know, so anyway. Gilbert Melendez got offered money from Bellator. Uh, supposedly, supposedly, the UFC gave him $175,000 for his last fight against Josh Thompson, but uh, they, they couldn't come to a terms on the next. Mm. So Bellator then offered him, and now word is the World Series of Fighting offered him a better deal. So that would suck. If Gilbert went to Bellator, mm-hmm. I'd be extremely upset because Gilbert is, I, I want to see, the thing yeah. about, you know, right now, like, let's take boxing. 
there's right now too many belts in boxing. You got the the WBC, the IBC, the the you know IFC. The, I mean, mm-hmm. all these all these belts and. A lot of times the best guys don't fight each other. I remember there was a, a trainer in boxing saying, my goal is to have all three, gu- uh, three guys in the same weight class win belts. I'm like, no, that's, that's what's wrong with boxing, is that you have too many guys in the same weight classes winning belts. There should be one belt. And right. while competition is really good, mm-hmm. you want to have competition, you know, sometimes there is a fear of the best guys not fighting each other. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts, Jay? You know, I agree, though. It's like there's... there's, there's a lot of organizations right now, but if if it's it comes down to money, I mean, I think obviously Melinda is, is one of the best lightweights in the world. He wants a certain number, or they couldn't come to terms, and it's like, it, what, you know, and you guys got you got guys like Eddie Alvarez, uh, Michael Chandler, you know, who could also be you know coined as, as one of some of the top lightweights, but you, you don't you never really know. And, and obviously, the, the UFC has always kind of been the the number one place to be, but. It just kind of depends. Everyone has different motivations to fight. You know what I'm saying? So it just depends why you want to fight. I mean, is that now $175,000 for a fight against Josh Thompson? That's that's considered that's good money. Right? That's, that's, that's damn that's good great money. money. That's I mean, have you? Uh, mm. Are you happy with your pay? As people, are, are you? I, yeah, I'm, right now I am. You know, I have one more fight on my contract. So after this fight with with Tarek, um, we'll renegotiate. So right now I am. Good. Could be better, but could be, always could be better. <laughs> always. But that one hundred seventy-five thousand—that's not—is that—that's not including sponsors, right? So he's making more with the sponsors. Mm. So he's, <clears throat> you know, yeah, he's probably walking away with a quarter, quarter million. That's 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 good. That's mm-hmm. damn good money in my book. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that's great. That's great money. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've never made a quarter of a million dollars. I've, uh, yeah, that's 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 excellent money. That's, that's very 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 good money. Man, I just love this clean, friendly show tonight. All right, so um, what, what else can we talk about? So, big news. So, UFC 170 is coming up. It's going to be great. Ronda Rousey versus Sarah McMahon. I can't wait for this fight. It's one of these fights I want both of them to win, mm-hmm. uh, or, or at least a, a draw. I like Sarah McMahon. She came on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Great girl. If you don't know anything about Sarah McMahon, listen to the, the interview with her. I mean, this, this is a girl that has suffered some extreme tragedy and has risen through it. She goes over to Sri Lanka and builds houses for people. She's just a beautiful person. Mm. I like Ronda Rousey. I think she's another great person. She's always been very supportive and, uh, you know, uh, catches a lot of flack because of her attitude towards Misha Tate, but that seemed to be the only person she's ever had that type of attitude for. Mm. She didn't have that same attitude against Sarah Kaufman, against, against Liz Carmouche, against other people she's fought. Right now, I, I'm worried that she's an eight to one favorite, which seems high. high. Extremely. Yeah. That's. I'm not sure if that's even true, but that's, that's what I read somewhere that she's an eight to one favorite. Uh, if I had to pick this fight, if I had to pick a winner, I would say Ronda wins. With an uh, uh, armbar, by any chance? With, an, that... with, with an armbar <laughs> or some type of submission, uh, which I hate. To, you know, I hate picking against people, but that's just how. If I have to keep it real and be honest. Mm-hmm. Predictions, yeah. guys. Same thing for me. You know, it's really it's going to be really hard to to to, to bet against Ronda. You know, and she she hasn't really shown a lot of weaknesses, and I think she just keeps getting better. Um, you know, and I've trained with her quite a bit too. She's she's arm locked me more than a few times. And I think eventually she's going to. And people always say, oh, she you know she she has this one submission, but it's like, listen, the best some of the best athletes in the world, like you take wrestling for example. 
you have one setup and one shot that you know jordan bros for example he, he wins an olympic gold medal it's like he has a double leg but he can get it on anybody in the world so yeah. i think it's he true for week, uh crazy uh, yeah upside. i'm talking about Mish ronda right now actually. oh yeah wow <laughs> okay thank you <laughs> but uh, ronda I, I think she eventually she'll catch her you know she's got five rounds to do it she'll catch her in arm lock eventually yeah, and uh, you also feel that way? Yeah, same, same Now, thing. the crazy fight on this whole thing is... Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we're going to talk about... All right, so backstory a little bit. It's supposed to be Rashad Evans versus Cormier, which would have been a very, very great fight. I was looking forward to that fight, especially how good Man. Rashad looked against... Uh, what is it, 4-1 to one right now, Ronda? Yeah, about 4.5 oh, to 4-1. One. One. So it just, went okay. down four to, it just went down 4 points right because now. Because of Ronda's our podcast. A, because of our podcast. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, Cormier was supposed to fight Rashad Evans, mm-hmm. and Rashad Evans hurts himself. He pulls out of the fight. Cormier says, "I want to fight somebody at 205. Anybody." John Lineker yeah, couldn't make weight. He's busting his ass to get down to 205. He wants to fight somebody. I said John Lineker couldn't make weight. You, oh. you, you <laughs> stepped on it. You stepped on my punchline, man. That was gonna be. That was gonna be it. That was gonna be the, the punchline that. <laughs> That killed everything. That was that was gonna be the punchline of All our right, punchline. Re- let's re-record it. No, forget it. It's over. <laughs> the, the moment is done. So it's gonna be Cormier against Rashad Evans. It's supposed to be that. So then, Chael Sonnen stepped up, which I love. Chael, I love his willingness to step in for anybody. I mean, Chael Sonnen is the kind of guy that would step in to host for Ellen on like the Oscars this week. The guy just is one of these people. He's always ready, or even maybe he's not even ready. He doesn't care. Right. But. You know, the UFC said no on that. Uh, then he called out Anthony Johnson. Anthony Johnson didn't, that, that wasn't going to happen because Johnson's fighting Phil Davis. So mm-hmm. this guy goes on the underground, uh, uh, Patrick Cummings, and says, I'll fight Cormier, which is pretty funny. He goes on the underground for him, and then people were like, Who the hell are you? And then people got angry. Saying, uh, then it turned out uh, Patrick Cummings is now fighting. The guy was working as a barista last week. Like, literally working in the drive-thru of a barista. Uh, uh, in the next Kona event, they're going to have Jared from Subway. But, but so, yeah, he was... He'll make way. He'll make way. So he, uh. he, was, he was, like, really, he was working as a barista. Now, funny backstory on this guy. I remember going to Mayhem Miller's house, Mayhem's party, and Patrick was there. And I met Patrick. Mm. He was Mayhem's roommate. Mm-hmm. He was living at Mayhem's house for a while. And this guy, I talked to him, was this very nice, down-to-earth guy. Just a, uh, we, I remember talking to him, and I remember uh, we were having a conversation. It was a time when Mayhem threw candy at me and hit my dog in the face, and then my dog bit Mayhem, and then this whole thing happened. I was actually talking to Patrick during that incident. Um, and Patrick, <laughs> he's like a pretty cool guy. Now... Here's a guy, he, he, he went to jail about two years ago. Him and this guy, Eric Bradley, who wrestling-wise was the best wrestler I've ever went up against. It was this guy, Eric Bradley, at Legends. He, uh, he was on Fight Master. I don't think, he didn't, he didn't win. But another guy, they went to jail for raiding dorms at Penn State. Some type of strange thing. Raiding they did a year dorms. and a half for met, going into a frat house and stealing stuff or some kind of prank gone wrong. How old was he when this happened? This happened a couple years ago. So Patrick and Eric both went to jail. Um, how old is he now? Now he's got to be 20... Pat? Patrick? I think 31. 31. I believe. So he was raiding, he was raiding <laughs> frat houses at like 29? I, I, <laughs> I'm not really sure what, ever, what happened. However, so 
According to Patrick, he trained with Cormier and made Cormier cry during practice. Doubt it. Years ago. No, Cormier admits that he was crying because it was a simulated wrestling match they had where they pretended that it was for the Olympics and Patrick took him down after Cormier had been wrestling with five other guys. That's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I doubt it was just, just on the volition of fighting him that, alone. And Cormier's like, daughter had died recently uh, right. at that mm. point. And it was all this thing. But then when they had a real wrestling match, Cormier... Blanked him seven to nothing. Right. Now, thinking about this guy Patrick for a second, I actually I texted Mayhem. I go, does this guy Patrick have a shot against Cormier? Mayhem said, absolutely. I texted you, Jake. You said, yes, he does. Mm-hmm. Now, you've trained with Patrick before. Mm-hmm. Tell us about this. You know, uh, Pat, Pat is, is one of the mentally toughest guys that I've, that I've met in – um, and I'm a huge fan of Daniel Cormier. I, I think he's one of the best wrestlers, if not the best wrestler in, in probably the sport of MMA. Um, you know, you got a you guy like Pat, though. He's, he's, he's hungry. He wants to get in there. And he, he loves being the underdog. You know what I mean? So it's really kind of a win-win for him. He really has nothing to lose coming into this fight. Um, I'm just excited to watch this fight, to be honest. I, I like but, I said, but I, you think he's got a shot against Daniel Cormier? Uh, he does. I mean... It, it, he has really no, no training camp, though, right? I mean... He, Pretty short notice. He's had yeah. four fights. Uh, who have the, his opponents have a combined record of like four and seventy-five or something. Uh, <laughs> one of the fights I saw, the guy tapped in during the, the walkout. I mean, it was it was pretty, it was pretty embarrassing. Yeah, um, but big, it's not his fault. And, sure. Yeah, the big problem he he's had so many fights just fall through in the last year or two. I, I, up upward to like forty. Or but something, you've wrestled whatever. with him before. Yeah, I've trained with him. He he is a he is, is a, a freak. He's a, he's a beast for sure. He's so. a legit like wrest like he Monster. he dominates people at Rain. He dominates me. Everybody knows, dominates Rain. you. Um. Well, I mean, nobody dominates me, but um, he he can take me. To, no, he he is. He he's he's extremely strong, athletic. Like I I mean, it's just he's a guy. He he steps up in competition. He he can. You know he, he's going to make this a, a great fight. But Cormier, and, and, who's, whose partner is Cain Velasquez, his training mm-hmm. partner, mm-hmm. who beat Josh Barnett, who knocked out Bigfoot Silva, mm-hmm. uh, who beat Frank Mir, who ran through everybody in, in Strike Force, beat Roy Nelson, mm-hmm. Patrick, mm-hmm. who's four zero, who spent a year and a half in jail. <laughs> Is you think has a legitimate shot of beating this guy? I do. You know, I, I really do, and it's and not not being biased because I'm a big fan of DC. I like them both, but a lot of people are overlooking uh, Cummins. You know, and I think he's an eight or nine to one underdog. If you bet a hundred dollars on Cormier, uh, you still lose. And I, I know you actually you get eight dollars back if Cormier wins. That's a, that's a, that's right now. That's that's a, that's what is that? That's something like ten really? to one kind of. Yeah, hundred bucks gets you eight. <laughs> Which won't even pay for the coffee that Corm- that yeah, actually the, the Patrick is, yeah, is working at. <laughs> right. So, um, no, don't get me wrong. Look, I love a Rocky story. I, I, I love an underdog mm-hmm. story. I think that, you know, Patrick seemed like a super cool guy. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was an, he was a walk-on for Penn State, and he became an All-American twice. Mm-hmm. Legitimate, I think, beast of a guy. I just think that when it comes down to it, Mm-hmm. But although Cormier said that you know you're not going to be ready for the media circus, you're not ready for all this stuff. To which you know, being Mayhem Miller's roommate, I think prepared him for everything. <laughs> if you lived with Mayhem, I mean, he lived for a while too. Yeah, I think I want to say it was like a year, maybe a year right. with Mayhem. I think he'd get you right. ready for. And he, I mean, the probably, cage. I can, four I, years in that one year. I can hardly do a weekend with with Mayhem. Oh my god, a year. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. 
a year with mayhem could get you ready for any for the any belt. I honestly think so. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I'm actually looking forward to it. It's the first mm-hmm. time in history the main event and the co-main event, everyone's undefeated. I mean, wow. gr- I mean, granted, you know, uh, one guy fought Butterbean last week, but still, he's um, <laughs> he's undefeated. You know, and, and even to take that a step further, I think everyone in the co-main event and main event have fought on the world level or competed on the world level. Because yeah. I, I know, obviously, Cormier is an Olympian. Um, I know Pat has wrestled in the, on the world level, the senior level. So it's they all four have competed at the world level, which is. An interesting little. No, you got three Olympians and a guy from the coffee bean, all in the. <laughs> so, no, I I like Patrick. The drive-through. The drive-through. The he drive-thru didn't even make guy, it. Yeah, yeah. He might not even be the top-ranked guy in the coffee bean. But so, <laughs> no, you got I got a root for Patrick, and we're gonna yeah. have him on the show. And he's just, honestly, when I met him, a very down-to-earth, nice, super cool guy. And uh, and I, you know, I got the guy's got balls. I mean, either that or he just hates going back to the coffee bean. But either way, the guy, I give the guy credit, honestly. Yeah. At least give him a raise, at least. Sure. So, um, so, yeah, so. <laughs> at least give him a raise. All right, so our first guest today is UFC Hall of Famer, one of the, uh, the greatest fighters uh, ever. He has a record of 101 wins and 19 losses. The guy fought till he was 80 years old. <laughs> We have Dan the B Severn here. Dan, how are you, man? Yes. Oh, I'm doing okay there, you know. <laughs> How's it going, man? How's everything? No, I see. I, I tell you what, uh, I, I live a charmed life. I mean, in so many, so many different ways. Uh, tell us about I, it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade it for anybody else's position in life. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, Dan, you were the first time I've ever seen a UFC fight ever uh, was you versus Hoyce Gracie. Uh, uh, that was one of uh, that was my first introduction to MMA, and uh, you know, at the time, I was you know, I was uh, I'm, I'm I wrestled in high school a little bit in college, so I was always been a wrestling fan, and uh, that that was that was awesome. And you know, since then, you know, you're 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 just you're just a legend, dude. You're you're a legendary fighter. You've fought in so many organizations. It is an honor to have you on the show. Uh, I'm here with. Well, uh, I mean, uh, I, I was just doing things um, when opportunity presented itself. I mean, a lot of people were in awe of what I did at that time, there, Adam. But uh, the reality is, how many people start a cage fighting career at 37 years of age, uh, and then they go on to have as much success as I had, and I'm probably one of very, very, very few professional heavyweights that can claim a lifetime chemical-free status, and the real irony to all of this is I only have ever done two training camps in basically two decades of cage fighting in the first place. Really? That's crazy. So just think if I would have actually committed myself, how much better could I have been? Now, I mean, you only done, t- first of all, how do you feel about these like new guys that are taking the testosterone and the TRT and all this other stuff? Well, I mean, well, the reality is, I mean, what they are stating in the fact that uh, other levels dropping off, sure, that's, that's strictly factual that, uh, they're not the same testosterone animal that they once were. I mean, my myself, you know, I, I I've never had my levels tested, but I simply know that obviously, uh, you know, to uh, to be almost fifty six years of age, uh, yeah, my my levels are probably half of what they used to be. 
but I mean, you're you're a guy who beat. I mean, like in, in one night, you beat Tank Abbott, Paul Valerians, and Oleg. Taktarov in one night. I mean, you fought three guys in one night and won that fight and beat all of them. Do you think guys were were was it were they tougher back then? I mean, was you think it was just a di- were different animals back then or? No, I, I guess uh, in a couple of different ways. It was just it was what was being dealt at the time. I mean, I think people would conform to almost anything had they wanted you to, to do more. That's where a lot of your, your listeners, uh, they'll, you know, America, for some reason, we are a very short-minded uh, country. I mean, literally, yesterday's news was just that if it happened yesterday, it's like it was like ancient, it's archived, it's, it's thrown away. You know, we, we as a society, we tend to throw things, throw away things away oh so quickly. Uh, and, uh, and it's really it's kind of sad. I can go to almost any other country, and, and uh, when they find out I'm coming to town, and we talk about rolling out the, the, the red carpet and stuff like this, but it's the same way when you look at all of our seniors there. Well, what do we do here in the United States? We shove them off into homes or every other country. They are the focal point. They are relished. They're cherished. You know, but, uh, yeah, I'm getting off a, little, a couple of little tangents right there, but, uh, you know, the, the reality of what you're talking about right there, you know, that was known as the no-holds-barred era, where it was the eight-man tournament format. You had to face and defeat three opponents in a two-hour pay-per-view. That one particular event that you're uh, recalling right now, two of them match with uh, Oleg Tatarov, uh, Tank Abbott, and Paul Marlins, that... Uh, out of a two-hour pay-per-view, I was inside of that octagon cage just over one hour between my three opponents, and that was in Denver, Colorado, that high altitude, high elevation as well. So there was—I told you I only ever did a couple of training camps. That was one of the training camps I did prep for, and I always tell people my cardiovascular was off the hook going into that. Event, it's it's off the hook now, but not in a positive way. (laughs) 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 You laugh, but I mean, it's. uh, I've been in so many matches where I'm out there. You know, I'm I'm giving I'm giving a guy that's probably half my age, giving him a run for his money, and you know when when. uh, at the end of the round, you know, they'll have what looks like an Indianapolis uh, 500 pit crew run in on him, and they'll be rubbing out his warm, icing down, giving coaching. I'll have some skinny little kid who I don't even know because I travel by myself, and it's, it's whoever I got the uh, promoter to uh, provide me with. And uh, they'll, they'll be, uh, you know, on the opposite side, they'll be just you know, rubbing this guy out, getting him whole nine yards, and here I am just walking back and forth. And I'm looking over at this guy thinking, you know, had I at least trained maybe two or three days, I, I would have gone through this guy like a hot knife going through butter. But, uh, you know, instead of i got to make it a little bit more difficult on myself, and maybe i to try to uh, work, outwork this guy in, in the next couple rounds or hopefully try to finish him off somewhere in, in the next couple rounds because my cardiovascular is depleting here pretty fast. Now, how, um, that's, that's, I mean, how come you didn't have any training camps? How come you didn't give yourself an actual training camp? Well, I mean, it's, uh, well, first off, uh, uh, training camps were almost unheard of at, at that time. Um, you realize there were no books, no DVDs, no VHS tapes. You know, I, I put together, my very first training camp, I put together myself. I went to, uh, uh, I, I bounced back and forth between Michigan and Arizona. I have uh, homes in both states. Um, 
it's um, I left my my family net back in Michigan, and I traveled out to Arizona to be by myself because uh, you know now again that was my very first training camp, UFC number five. I took out 32 days of my life, and I trained to become a no holds barred cage fighter. I heard the first yeah. time you cut weight was when you missed it last supper. Is that is that true? <laughs> is that what's that? I heard the first time you cut weight was when you missed the last supper. Is that is that true? When you... <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, God was wondering where I was at. I just hope he has a good sense of humor. <laughs> Dan's the one that took the picture. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that that is amazing. I mean, I mean, you are. I mean, you were a two-time national champion in high school. You 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 were a finalist in the Olympic trials. Uh, you, you know, and then you, and then when you fought Hoist, Hoist Gracie, it was your third fight ever, third fight ever against Hoist Gracie. Uh, now, there's a, a couple of controversies about that fight. Um, I actually, I read in, in an in article somewhere that you th- said that you could have beaten Hoist Gracie, but you looked out, saw his family, and didn't want to finish him. Well, that's not quite the, the case. Uh, you got to realize when I. I was the last uh, second fill-in for that tournament. You know, by the time uh, that the UFC company contacted me, uh, you got to realize, again, that's educating the, the listeners, there's been three different ownerships of that company. First ownership was Horry and Gracie and Art Davey. So I was, uh, I was the last-minute fill-in. I've always been a busy person. And I had uh, obligations. I went and fulfilled my obligations. I trained for five days, <laughs> guys. I trained for five days, an hour and a half a day. That's crazy. Yeah. And I walked into the world of no holds barred. Now, I trained inside of a professional wrestling ring because the abundance of cages were not, they weren't there at that time as they are today. Today, you can go into almost any city and you can find a couple cages. And depending on the size of it, we need probably a couple dozen cages that different gyms have open. You know, so I, I trained inside of a professional wrestling ring because that was the first uh, profession I jumped into. I had three workout partners. They they had one pair of an old beat up pair of boxing gloves that they just to be shared between them. They would, one guy would wear them until he got tired, then swap them off to the next guy and then to the next. All I said did was. They'd be trying to punch, kick, and, and do whatever kind of submissions that they were making up on the fly. I simply would either avoid being punched, kicked, would either clinch, take down, throw down, slap on an amateur wrestling move, turn it illegal, make them scream or squawk, and that was my training camp. So when I tell people I never trained a single legitimate submission, I never trained a single strike. When I showed up and he said, well, what is your martial art? I simply said, I'm an American wrestler. Right. And that's what, and that's what they, they introduced me as. What was my martial art? American wrestling. So, so you had never seen jiu-jitsu before. Uh, so did you have any idea, like when, when, when Hoyce uh, slapped on that, that triangle, did you have any idea what he was doing? Or did you think, did you, did you, you obviously, have you ever seen that before? Um, no. To answer your question, no, I had never seen that before. Um, to elaborate more on what, what your initial question was, you know, about me not wanting to hurt him and stuff like this. No, I mean, I was comfortable where I was at because as a wrestler, you know, wrestlers rather be on top in a more dominant type of position. So I was quite uh, satisfied where I was at. 
the few primitive types of submissions that I trained in my, you know, mind-boggling five-day training camp were not working. And I, it crossed my mind, I think I'm going to have to hit this guy. But I, I, I had to think about it because I, at the time I had been an amateur wrestler for 26 years. 26 years of rules, regulations, sportsmanlike conduct being drilled into me. I tell people then, and as I, as I continue to tell the story now, I struggled more with my conscience than I ever did with an opponent. You know, and as a, you know, I, I'm a big believer that the eyes are the window to a person's soul. I'm staring right through his soul. And I see him looking over at his dad outside the cage. And I can read exactly what's going to hoist his mind. It's kind of like, Dad, I'm hanging in here, but if you were to throw that towel in, I wouldn't hold it against you. <laughs> and as my eyes went from hoises over to Helios, Helios got the towel in his hands. He, he, he just looks at me, brings the towel, crosses his arms, and shakes his head no. And that's when, you know, my, my classic line, I say that, uh, you old bastard. You let me kill your kid out here for Gracie Jiu-Jitsu where nobody knows that Dan Severn is out here. Because I told no family members. Throughout my entire cage fighting career, I never told a single family member whenever I had a match coming up because I did not want them to worry about me. Now, the bad part is the social medias kind of made it tough to keep anything a secret after a while. Wow. I mean, you're, that's, that's an amazing story. and uh, You're an amazing... You are a true American, man. I mean, you are, uh, you, you are quite, you're an inspirational guy, man. Uh, you're a very inspirational guy. Now, when you, what, what? That is my, that is my, the number one email that I do receive or the, or the postings that I get on my Facebook because I did, I've done things at different age categories or some would have said no. You know, when, when you guys are like, we're, we're doing the, inter, when you're doing the introduction, I, I do believe I have one of the most successful, highest winning percentiles of anybody. But like I said before, when you throw in those other factors, when you look at my age, look at the fact that I'm lifetime chemical free, and then when you throw in two training camps and that's it, <laughs> and to have the success ratio, you find another human being either deceased or alive today that could have come close to what I accomplished. Steven Seagal. <laughs> I'm just, I, I think I'm Steven Seagal, but something tells me he'd want uh, that event to be at the local buffet. <laughs> Hilarious. Any, any questions, Jake, for the great No, you know, I actually had the opportunity to, to, to fight on the same card as you one time, Dan. This is Jake Ellenberger here. Um, hey, Jake. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. I, I believe it was in Kearney, Nebraska. I don't know if you remember this. It was in the IFC. With yes. Bob- we had fought on the same card, and it was it was really it was just an honor to to really be on the same well, card. It, that, um, uh, we we brought down uh, your your opponent, didn't we? And he did not make weight. He didn't. No. <laughs> wow. It was uh, Anthony Johnson. It was one of those things where it was uh, the, the other workout partner, myself. We kept, I, and I'm, I'm I'm at a loss right now for what his name was, but. Mm-hmm. Um, we had him in the, in the sauna. I mean, literally. And I mean, I think I lost an additional five to seven pounds just trying to get him down the weight. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it was a it was definitely an honor to be on the same card as as, as a legend and a pioneer like yourself. 
Well, Jake, it was actually, I, I really enjoyed being on the card there with you as well. I mean, it was, uh, you know, that was, <laughs> I still remember being out there in Nebraska. I never had, I have never had this happen to me in a match before, but uh, my opponent, uh, I think as a former football player, something like this, this guy takes off, as soon as the, uh, the referee says, you know, let's fight or whatever, he takes off. The first couple steps was just you know, kind of like, like, like a quick jog, but he breaks out into a, a, a dead sprint. <laughs> and, I mean, this guy hits me. I mean, no punch. I mean, this was like, like with, a, with a football tackle, shoulder in and stuff like this. The only thing that stopped me was the fence behind me. Wow. And all I know is when we hit, we went down, and all of a sudden I've got a 300-plus-pound man in a mounted position on top of me, and things did not look good at all. <laughs> so what happened? Well, he, well, I was able to clinch and pull him down while he was you know, trying to keep my rib cage in. I, I thought of a way of how to sweep him because, you know, you figure I'm, I'm shoved up against a cage wall. I can only move in one direction, and I was able to sweep him and... Uh, and then get the advantage, and then and then return the favor. <laughs> now you were also the NWA champion in wrestling and the uh, WWE champion, uh, and you still do wrestling, correct? Yeah, I still do professional wrestling. I was uh, originally I was going to be retiring at the end of uh, this past year, but it's kind of like when I'm in better shape than over half of the roster in the locker room, and that's not really saying much, that's but. <laughs> There's, there's a lot of these guys, they don't take, um, they're, all, they're all aspiring to try to make it to the big time. They want to make it to the WWE, and, and they're, not, they're not doing any, you know, any of the right things really to get them moving along. You know, seeing, seeing pasty, uh, fat, fat white guys and, uh, you know, speedo trunks is not exactly a, a pretty sight. Now, do you enjoy the wrestling uh, more than the MMA and, and the, the pro wrestling more than the real wrestling? No, no, I mean, it's, um, I mean, I, I enjoy the, the vast array of things I've done. I, I enjoy them each for different reasons. I mean, I, I like the cage fighting stuff because of the raw realness that it was. Now, professional wrestling, I enjoy that because I equate that much like uh, Halloween. You get to dress up and be somebody else that night. Right. And when you look at uh, the vast majority of professional Wrestlers, I mean, uh, uh, I mean that they share that same aspect. The sad part is, some of them live in that world of fantasy for so long they soon forget where does fantasy end and reality begin, and they start to believe all that crap about themselves. And I I, I use like uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin as a as a great example because do 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 either one of you guys follow professional wrestling? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. I mean, okay, so you, you know, do you know that name? Yeah, of course. Just the, the of course. Okay, well, again, um, but who was he before he was Stone Cold Steve Austin? He was a football player. Uh, well, no, I mean, he, I, I'm talking in terms of the one wacky one, the professional wrestler. I think he was a Steve Austin, right? Well, he was stunning Steve. He was <laughs> one half of the Hollywood Blondes. He basically was a nobody. But because you have a creative team that says, hey, you get to drink that one, but two beers on the job. You get to flip the crowd off. You get to take over the corporation. And only in one place could that ever happen, and that is in the wacky world of professional wrestling. Because if you're caught drinking on the job, or if you tell your boss what he could do with his job, basically you're fired. Right. And if you're 
sticking around causing trouble, then the cops come and take you away, <laughs> and your your next grappler match is going to be with uh, your big old nasty uh, cellmate who hasn't been outside in a long time, and then uh, and he's going to be playing for a whole different set of obstacles, and then he's going to sell you off to his cellmates for smokes. Now, had they done that with an angle, I could have even bought into that because that's what happens in the real world. Or with uh, Tiago Silva. <laughs> now, now, exactly. Now, the, I think that's I think that's where Soap on the Rope was was born. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> now, some of these guys uh, that are fighting this weekend. Uh, do you still follow the UFC? No, I mean I um, I will watch a a token match here or there only because there's too much content. When you think about UFC alone, there could be two or three or more events per month between pay-per-views, Fox uh, shows, Ultimate Fighter shows. I mean, there's something happening every single week. Right. When you throw in other companies such as Bellator and King of the Cage and uh, Shark Fights and whatever other companies that are trying to come on up and through the ranks they're just there's too much content I, I there's a number of guys that know me and they know that I, I like to see a particular match and that that's that's about it okay. otherwise I mean I mean as you guys were, were saying before I will I'm a very busy person but I like what I do I I've been very blessed to have the life and the lifestyle that I have and to sit on the sidelines and watch life pass me by is not going to happen. And that's why I, I equate watching television to, and I, again, I'm, and I'm not trying to degrade the product because, you know, the, the, the mixed martial arts stuff, it's phenomenal type of stuff. I'm still involved in that industry, just no longer the competitor. I, I work with a few different pro-level MMA companies just trying to help move them on to the next level. And then I, I work with a couple of different amateur level MMA companies uh, trying to uh, do the right thing for the uh, amateur competitor coming from the training room environment to get the first of their matches underneath the belt to either weed them out nicely or to progress them on towards maybe becoming a future, um, you know, pro-level competitor. You know, I, I'm, I'm out in Arizona right now as we speak. I have a submission grapple program at Arizona State University that nice. just started up back in November. And at another college in Michigan, I'm working on a full-fledged mixed martial arts program on top of, I have a 10,000-square-foot training facility on my property, on top of teaching law enforcement, corrections, military, border patrols. I mean, I've been, <laughs> I've got probably another dozen items I could talk about of what I still have going on. And that's why I said that each day that I wake up and I, and I go click on my computer stuff like this, it's like I'm like a kid in a candy store. I'm wondering what new and great thing is going to come in today. That's awesome. Now, are you uh, married? Yes. Nice. What is? It, what is? Uh, how long have you been married for? Uh, I think forever. I think uh, <laughs> you know when you. Uh, I think it, it was nineteen eighty four. So you you count up the years. 19, so you were born. sixty when you got. So that's that's crazy. Now you have a, you have a son, right? I have actually five kids. What? You have five kids? You have one that's a wrestler, though, the, the beast has a litter. Come on. <laughs> wow. I didn't know you. Wow. That power of that mustache. That's, you, that's you amazing. You have one that's a wrestler, though, right? Yeah, I would say, well, that's what I say that, uh, you know, I, I've, I've had a lot of grappling matches with Mama there, okay? <laughs> uh, 
She's she's full guard. I'm not trying to break or pass guard, and no one's tapping out. Our trophies are there. That's hilarious. Is that why you've had so many fights? Because you got to get out of the house. Got to got to pay for kids' college tuition. Damn, it's not that's not cheap anymore. Come on. <laughs> Absolutely. That's uh, five kids. Do you have Do you have any daughters? Two. Could you imagine, like, uh, a dude coming to date one of his daughters and him coming to the door? I knock on the door, Dan answers. I'll tell you the classic. The first time (laughs) did this happen, um, my my training facility is right on my property in Kowarn, Michigan. And uh, class normally ends at 9 p.m. Now, this very rarely why I ever come close to getting out the door until like 9, 30, 10 o'clock because I'm always got a straggler. You have to listen to uh, one of your uh, students, their, their their financial tells of woes or their marital or girlfriend problems, blah, blah, blah. You're, you're like a shrink, psychiatrist, financial <laughs> consultant, the whole nine yards. <laughs> so I still walk into my home. And as soon as I walk through the door, my, my daughter is like, Dad, I want you to meet so-and-so. And the last thing I want to do is meet so-and-so. So the gentleman, I mean, being polite, stands there, extends his hand out to shake mine. I walk right past him. Don't shake his hand, just walk right past him. Don't even acknowledge him. I walk right to the refrigerator and pull out the gallon jug of milk. <laughs> Take the cap off, and I'm taking a shot right from the gallon jug itself. And as I'm wiping my face off, I'm going, I hope you have admirable uh, intentions, young man. I'd hate to. And then as I look up at him, see, and then I point to the jug of milk, your face oh. up here <laughs> on this container. Wow. Missing. And that is after they found enough body parts. <laughs> It was you in the first place. Was it? Was it Tim Sylvia? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, um, and then my, you know, my daughter, of course, she'll, she'll say, "Dad, you don't mean that." I go, I go, listen, my daughter. I says, just realize your dad is paid to hurt people. I said, I'm willing to freelance every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, man, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, I'd love to have you back. Uh, I'm a huge fan. Uh, Thank, thanks for coming on the show, Dan Sever. Face up a little bit later on down the road, and, and you'll see how the beast has taken retirement. I don't foresee myself rocking in a rocket chair anytime soon, or unless we're, I, 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 may, I might start up a, uh, you know, a, an old fart uh, type of uh, shuffleboard league or something like that. But it'll be like full contact. You'll <laughs> be out there in your, uh, in, your, in your cowboy hat and your banana hammock. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, you know, got to have a little bit of suntan lotion on my nose, though. Come on. <laughs> I, would, I would watch that in a heartbeat. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate you coming on. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks a lot. All right. That was Dan Severn. What a, what a beast. I could talk shop with that guy all day. What, what a great attitude that guy has. I know. I mean, oh, yeah. He's got more going on. It's Dan near 60 years old than I've had my entire life combined. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Five kids too. He, well, I'm, I'm up there with him in that category. Yes, that's true. I got that part down. But he yeah. has them all with the same woman. So that's uh, <laughs> hey, I do too. Hey, that's, that's, that's cool. So we got Nick Newell uh, on the show as well. Obviously, uh, uh, most people who are fans of the show know that Nick Newell is a uh, he's in the World Series of Fighting. He was born with one arm. Uh, he's an undefeated fighter. Mm-hmm. He's he's kicking ass. He's doing great, and uh, I can't wait to have him on the show. All right, so we got the great, the inspiring, the uh, 
the badass Nick Newell's with us. How are you, Nick? Good, good. I'm uh, happy to be on the show. It was nice. Do you remember meeting me uh, at the award show two weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, um, at Tau. Yeah, I, no, not at Tau. At, at the actual award show, I came up to you and I'm like, hey, I'm like, Nick, I'm Adam Hunter. I'm a comedian. And then you said, you go, I have to pee. And then you walked away. <laughs> no, that was at, that was at Tau. It was, no, it was at the actual award show. Was it? Uh, yeah. Well, well, I, you, it was. I had it. I had to go pee really bad, though. Like, <laughs> as soon as the show started, I was like, "Oh man, I really gotta take a, I really gotta take a lead." It happens, man. It happens. Now, uh, <laughs> now, obviously, yeah. I, I mean, your your story is unbelievable. Uh, everybody knows. Uh, you know, it's just you continue to inspire people, man. Uh, and uh, I just want to say congratulations on on all that you've accomplished. Anyway, so Nick. Tell me, man. So growing up, uh, you obviously did you, did you get teased a lot as a kid, or I mean, was it how how hard was it as as a child to have one arm? Um, I mean, a little bit, you know. I'm, I mean, it was easy. It was kind of easy ammunition, you know. Like if you couldn't think of anything like really clever, you could just go after me for my arm or something like that. But um, I grew up in the same town. I didn't really have. To, I didn't move as a kid, and. Um, I've always, I was raised to not um, be different. I wasn't like, I wasn't babied or, or pampered or held away from doing anything that normal boys do. So it, it was a lot easier for me to assimilate. And, and I have a good group of friends. I've actually had the same group of friends since grade school, very close friends. And, um, you know, if, if anyone had a problem with me, I didn't really care about them. You know, I, I had my friends, and, and you know, I had a pretty good life as a kid. Oh, that's now, uh, now, now. Wrestling was uh, now was the wrestling was that your main sport growing up? Uh, no, I didn't wrestle till I was in high school. I played uh, soccer and baseball when I was a kid. Oh, nice. Yeah, you said you said that uh, uh, Jim Abbott was your inspiration, correct? Yeah, I was very. Uh, I looked up to Jim Abbott because I mean, it wasn't like today. Today I can I can network with all these people um, online that have like uh, kids that are in similar situations or kids that are in similar situations or people that are in similar situations that I have back then. You know, I was like the only kid with one hand. I didn't even know anyone else. There's no one else in my town. And Jim Abbott was the only other person I've ever seen that had one hand. And I thought it was just cool and my family used to you know show me him a lot and bring me to games when he was pitching the good thing was he was playing for new york and i i live in connecticut so it was easy to go there and, and fan fest and stuff like that so um you know i i looked up to him a lot when i was a kid when you were when you were playing baseball this is t-rex by the way when you were playing baseball were you were you pitching uh no no i i wish i wanted to be too bad it but i just never had the arm for it i uh is that? <laughs> yeah, I know. I get that one. Um, if I would have said that, I would have I set myself fired. up on that one. So <laughs> I was I played the outfield because I sucked my first year, but then I got good and I I ended up uh, playing second base. I was on the All Star team and then first base too. That's awesome. Moving over to first base. You did the thing where you could like take the glove off really quickly. Oh and, yeah, I just take it off and I put it in my armpit and I right. all real fast. Oh, that's cool. That's amazing. Uh, now, do you do you have a, a a girlfriend or a wife or what's a how's the how's the tail situation? <laughs> yes. 
Uh, that's not really an issue, an issue, uh, for me. So. <laughs> so you hook up with a lot of chicks, is that what you're saying? Um, not anymore. I'm, I'm kind of busy, um, in the moment, you know, like career orientated, but I have someone that, um, you know, I'm seeing, so. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. She's probably smoking hot. I, I guarantee she's smoking hot. Mm. Right? She's, I'm sure. What? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Fuck around. Hey, so, Nick, how did you get into MMA? Um, I, well, you know, I've always had an interest in martial arts, and I um, just kind of fell into it. I mean, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a Ninja Turtle or a Ghostbuster, <laughs> and then... I wanted to be a pro wrestler and a Power Ranger, and then I got I got to high school, and and my friend was like, "Hey, I'm going to join the wrestling team," and I was like, "Oh, that sounds like fun. I'll join it too." Because we used to just like mess around and wrestle in like the backyard and stuff. We didn't. I never did like youth wrestling or anything like that. So I uh, I just kind of joined the team freshman year, and and I fell in love with it. And when I got to college, I I I'm a I saw the ultimate fighter and I was like, Oh, that's cool. I'd like to learn how to do that. And then I started training at a gym and I went to go see some fights and I noticed how bad everyone sucked. So I was like, Oh, <laughs> you know, I would beat the shit out of these guys. So I asked my coach if I could fight and, um, he said there was a couple of things I needed to fix first and, and we took care of it and I just started fighting. Who did you wrestle for in college? What college? Uh, Western New England University. Oh, nice. I went to in high Springfield, Mass. Yeah, I know where that is. I went, I went to high school in uh, in uh, Maine, so I'm also a uh, New England guy. Oh, okay, yeah. It was Winnick back in the day. It was a college, but now it's university. So. Yeah, I think I actually performed comedy there. Uh, so now a lot of sometimes people say that you have an uh, unfair advantage because, which I think is ridiculous, since you know you have one arm. But there are people that say like, as far as your guillotine goes, it, it's hard to defend because because of the way that like the grip is. I mean, what would you say to those people? I'd say my my only advantage is that I want it more. You know, wow. <laughs> you know, I'm going to work harder than you to get to get what you want because I want it more and if you need to come up with excuses for that then that's fine you can do that but other than that I mean I really have nothing to say everyone has their advantages and disadvantages based on body type um, I was always a front headlock guy in wrestling I always had a good front headlock and it just kind of switched over quick to my jiu-jitsu game I mean to say that it's just because I have one hand is kind of an insult to my technique and years of hard work um, yeah yeah, you know, no, I'm I think sure, it's ridiculous. Sure I mean, it's a thing. Yeah, it's a guillotine too. If they practice it as much as I could, but um, <laughs> you know, I mean, all I do is instead of grabbing my uh, my wrist for a guillotine, I just grab where my, I grab my elbow, and anyone can do that. I just got good at it. Yeah, it's just, so same people that complain about Anthony Robles when he was in. I was like, the guy's got w- one leg. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, well, that guy's a cheater. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you guys want? The dude, the dude purposely, you know, he, he, you know, was born or you know has one leg, so he so he can just win wrestling. <laughs> it's ridiculous. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, what are you gonna do? I mean, there's not. A, I mean, I'm not gonna put you guys in a separate league for people with one arms or one one yeah. leg. It's like I mean, there's really nothing. If you think it's a, if you think it's such an advantage, you don't have to have a leg. You can you know you can drop chop off your leg and try to wrestle. He people are just baffled that he could do that and jealous. Mm-hmm. You know that he could accomplish something that so many people couldn't do. I mean, I couldn't do it. I wish I could have been an NCAA champion, but. Um, I just wasn't good enough, you know, and he just worked hard and, and, and got good enough and, and did it, you know, he overcame adversity and he figured out a way to make what he had work for him and turned out great. Yeah, it would be one thing if they were changing the rules, you know, like for like example, with Kyle Maynard, I, you know, I was, I, you know Kyle Maynard had no arms and no legs uh, and he did MMA, but then you weren't allowed to kick him. Because they said that would give, you know, they wanted, I guess, like punting them or something, you know, that you, you couldn't, I mean, but that's not what's going on here, you know? Punting. So. Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't asking for any special rules. He was just, mm. you know, wrestling and. Yeah. It, it's almost like, you know, when yeah. people say you're blind and your other senses pick up, like your uh, hearing's heightened or whatever. It's almost like if you're missing an appendage or whatever, you make up for that in heart. Absolutely. Like. Well, the thing. Well, even when, I remember when we wrestled. You wrestled a blind kid. You had to be touching them at, at all times, like because you, you couldn't like sneak behind them and tackle them. You know, like that wasn't. Yeah, that's that's really badass. So I love. I like like there was this one blind kid. I forget what school he wrestled for, and he was nasty. He beat like three people on my team. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, they're not changing any any rules. Is what, yeah. it's like, is what I'm saying. They're just letting you do the exact same rules as everybody else. No, no, and you can't take away the hard work. At the end of the day, especially in a sport like wrestling, I mean, there's no way around it. To succeed, you have to be able to work hard, and, and you know, and that's very inspirational. You know, Nick, I, I really look up for you. I look up to you for that, Nick. Thank you, and you know, I don't think I'm I'm extra hard worker because I have one hand or what I was my situation or anything like that. I just think I just hate to lose, and yeah. I'm just competitive by nature. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that's what motivates me. If you're if you're gonna do something, don't waste your time. Be the best at it. Don't. So let's focus on you. Let's. I mean, this is a this is also a, a lifestyle show. We want to get into the the lifestyle of fighters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where did you meet? Where did you meet your girlfriend? By the way. What? Uh, where did you meet your girlfriend? Oh, man, I don't want to talk about my All right, okay, all right, all right. That's, that's all you got to say? I was going to say, you know, the people want to know. I can, I can talk about other things. All right, wait, what, <laughs> what, 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 what do you want to talk about? I don't know. Ask me another question. All right. What else do you like to do? What do you do in your, outside of the gym and stuff? What do you like to do? Man, I, I, I train so much, and I, I, I work out so much, and I always, for fun, I mean, what I do for fun is MMA. That's really what I like to do. So um, when I'm not doing that, I, I really like to just relax. And, and uh, I live in the Northeast, which sucks for half the year because of all the snow, but yeah. I like the beach in the, in the summertime. And um, even when it's cold outside, I like going outside and I like going for hikes. And, and um, Have you ever gotten you know, have you normal ever- stuff? Nothing, nothing too interesting. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> have you ever gotten to NES? NES? I'm actually like a uh, extremely good Connect Four player. <laughs> really? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, I don't think it, I've never lost. Come on, you've uh, never lost to Connect. Lost There's no an way. individual game, like maybe like one out of a hundred. But come on, 
All right, so let's talk about the let's talk about the fights coming up uh, this week. Uh, Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey versus Sarah McMahon. Who do you like? Uh, you know what? I'm I'm gonna root for for Sarah because I'm a wrestler and I just I I want this one for wrestling. But you know, it's an MMA fight, and um, I haven't really seen enough of, of Sarah McMahon. I, I have to do more more research. But one thing about Ronda Rousey is. Uh, like her or not, she is a gamer, and and she like I'm I'm a big fan of of watching her fight too. Actually, you know I'm not I'm just hoping for a good fight. I'm not really rooting for anyone, but you could see the look in her eyes that she is just ruthless and competitor, and, mm-hmm. and how bad she wants it when she comes out and how focused she is. It's it's crazy, and it it gets me pumped up when I when I watch uh, when I watch a fight. So. um you know, I, I just—it's a stupid generic answer, but I'm just hoping for a good fight. All right, what about Cormier versus Patrick Javachip Cummings? <laughs> What's his name? What did you call him? Javachip because Starbucks. He, he was What's Javachip? What does that mean? Because he was working at Starbucks last week, so he, he was at a coffee shop uh, at three coffee. days ago. Three days ago, he worked at a coffee. Oh, shop. was he really? He quit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he got fired, yeah, he actually. He got fired because he took the fight. Yeah. He, he took a phone call from Dana White in the drive-thru, and uh, he said, I hope I get the fight because I just got fired. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I guess that's good timing, huh? Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Even when it comes down to wrestling, Cormier is a, a better wrestler than that dude, you know? Um, that guy is taller and longer, which is an advantage, but Cormier is just mm-hmm. so fast off the line. Mm-hmm. And he can just close the gap so fast. It's gonna, I think it's going to be hard for this other guy to to, to stop his stand-up. I don't think it's going to be a wrestling match at all. All right, now Maya versus Roy McDonald. Um, you know, I think that... Uh, I, re- I really like watching Roy McDonald fight when he, when he fights, you know. Um, Damian Maya's wrestling is a lot better than people think. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a pretty close fight, but, um, you know, hope, I'm just hoping it's not a jab fest or a staring <laughs> contest or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I honestly think that Rory, um, has what is, is going to win because he's just going to avoid the takedown and, and, uh, pick him apart standing, even though I think Maya stand up is, is better than people think as well. And finally, do you have any questions for Jake Ellenberger? Uh, no, I, I think he's awesome. I, I love watching him fight, and I just, I really like that he just always goes for the kill. And, and do, you, uh, do you know he's here, right? You know he's on the show? <laughs> yeah, he's not talking much, but. No, I, I, you know, I'm just, I know, I've been, I'm sorry. I've just been, I've been listening to you. It's, it's been great. I just, <laughs> I've been getting cut off, too, so. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. no. I've been enjoying it. So, no, I appreciate the compliment, though. Thank you. Thank you. Nick, what's your nickname, by the way? Uh, Notorious. Notorious Nick Newell. I I like after you win, when you do that, like, brush back off your shoulder. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I just just did it one time because I thought it was funny. Like, I told my friends, like, after I win, I'm going to do it. And then, like, people liked it. So, they're like, do it again, do it again. So, I'm like, okay. I guess I'll make it my thing if I remember to do it after a fight. I don't have, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Nick. You... When's, when's your next fight with World Series? Um, shooting for July, I think they said. Um, you know, if they give me something sooner, I'll 
I'll go sooner. Uh, I'd like a title shot, but nothing set. And uh, whatever they give me, I'll be happy with as long as it's a, a step up and it's a, a tough competitor. And I think that uh, I'm going to win that. You know, I I think that before the year ends, I'll get my title shot, and I know that I'm going to win the belt. So, you know, it's just a matter of time to me. Word. How many fights do you have on your your uh, contract with World Series? I have two more left, so it's a four fight contract and I have two more fights left um yeah it was year and a half four fight contract nice nice final question you got a date Ronda Rousey or Misha Tate which one would you go on a date with I don't know um both good looking girls I, I I think like Ronda would like flip out on you for like no reason though, you know, like yeah, yeah. like true. always be like looking for your phone or something like that. So I think I'd rather go with me. <laughs> Have you had a lot of experience with crazy girls? No, I don't put up. I don't put up with that shit, man. Yes, nice. So you're so so you have a girlfriend now. You you were you were just the man in in, in college. You were just running things, and. uh in high school, you were just kind of a nice guy that would go on a couple of dates with girls and sort of a the, the the friend who had like a couple girls in there, right? No, I wasn't. I wasn't talking to no girls in high school, man. I was a weirdo. You were a, was, a weirdo or a wanted, widow? I just wanted to. I just wanted to wrestle, man. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's so, all I wanted to do, and I was I was shy. Shy. But so you. In college, though. So. so you lost your virginity in college. You were just that was like the big thing. No, no, I didn't. No, I didn't in high school. Oh, you did in high school. Nice. Yeah. Was uh was it some hot girl? Was it was a hot? Was it notorious or or was it just like some random party just kind of thing? <laughs> notorious. No, it was a girl. It was a girl I was dating. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. And uh, cool. Well, that's so it's a college. So it's so, all right. So so for the ladies, Nick is taken. Uh, he's been with about 37 Ooh. girls in his life, uh, and he started, right? Is that your guess? Yeah, that's my guess, right? Mm. Are we in triple digits? Are we low? Are we shooting low? <laughs> I can't be telling you guys that shit. Come on, this is what the fans want to know. This is, uh, this is what the, fan, the fans want to, first of all, they, I, had, I, I like put it out there, you have any questions for Nick Newell, and a couple women were like, yeah, can they do some freaky stuff with that elbow? And I was like, I don't want to ask them. Uh, everyone, everyone says that. But you can? Ah, uh, man, I ruined, I ruined a girl, man. That was ruined. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you have ruined girls before with, with your elbow? No, I've never done that. But if I did, it would. It would. Oh, and then what am I going to do after that? You know, that's a good point. You can't follow your own elbow. You call T Rex. Yeah, I can't. I can't. You know. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. So, like, if you put your elbow in there, then what are you going to? Right. That's maybe. Maybe I guess I don't know. That's a tough situation. I thought it'd be a great thing there, but then you, yeah, you never want to. Hmm. That's that's tough. That's that's a tough situation. Then she gets used to it and breaks up with them for a guy with bigger elbows. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like maybe it was some like gutter slut or something stupid like that. <laughs> gutter sluts. <laughs> I never. I, but never. I wouldn't touch a girl like that. You know, I would never because I have respect for myself. Uh, dude, you gotta once in a while you gotta let go though. You just gotta get those gutter sluts, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> I don't know. They're out there, man. They're out there. They're on the prowl. Are there any World Series of fighting groupies? I have people, people that hit me up, so 
Oh, nice. I mean, and like, and, and tweet hit me, tweet me a lot on the Twitter. Um, I don't know. I don't consider anyone a groupie, just like more of like a fan or like a supporter. Nice. Yeah. When I was like three and oh, there was a gay dude that like sent me like this long ass message because he wanted to like have sex with me. He was like 50 years old. It was fucking weird as hell. Oh, no. Was it, was it Tim Sylvia? <laughs> no, Tim is a good dude, man. He gets a bad rap. He's a good guy. Oh, okay. So. Um, I uh, no, it was like I was working at this company called like Ascent Media, and I had like um, I had like I was like three and oh, and I had like an article in Tap Out Magazine or something like that, and this guy must have seen me in it, and I wrote like party at Ascent Media because I was working an overnight shift on a Saturday, and he's like seeing as you like to party and I also like to party, I think we should meet up sometime. I think we could really hit it off. Oh man. Yikes. Yikes. That's 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 sort of, that's a little creepy. It's a little creepy, man. But Yeah, no, it's creepy as hell he got blocked. But I mean, you know, I have girl I have girls that hit that hit me up a lot and, and shit like that, but you know, it's cool. I appreciate it. I'm sure Actually, you do I, man. I like stuff like that so Of course, dude. And it's only gonna get better for you, man. You're uh you're a very inspiring guy. Uh, thank you for coming on the podcast and being a good sport, Nick. I uh, got nothing yeah. but admir- admiration for you, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. Nick, really appreciate it, man. You're definitely, you know, keep inspiring people. Thank you. All right, man. I will talk to you soon, brother. Okay. Cool. Thanks. Later. All right. So that, that was uh, that was Nick Newell. Um, he's a. Uh, he he, he uh, loosened up a little bit towards the end. He started telling us about the, yeah. He did. Yeah. Yeah. What a what a what a great fighter. Great guy. I mean, every time I think that my life is like, oh man, I can't do this. I can't do that. I look at guys like like, mm-hmm. like Nick Newell, and I'm like, what am I complaining about, man? Like, if this guy can accomplish this with with what he has, imagine. Uh, I mean, not imagine, but like, what what am I complaining about? I know it. You know, actually, I, I trained with Kyle Maynard uh, one time over at uh, Pat Milich's gym, and the, I mean, the guy was. Freakishly strong too. He had like a really good, like a uh, a good choke, like kind of like a neck crank choke. I mean, he was tapping guys. It was it was crazy. But I also read his book. Though. I don't know if you've read his book before. It's it's called No Excuses. It's 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 good. It's a good read. Oh wow! But very very in in, in inspiring guy. Just like Tito me. has a book called Excuses. And, um, <laughs> it's just no. That's not. I definitely <laughs> I definitely do want to read that book. That's good. All right, so we got Mike Biggie Rhodes on the show. Uh, Mike is one of these guys. Um, he just made it to the UFC. He he was a, uh, a a champion of the RFA. Great, inspiring story. He's a huge fan of MMA Roasted. Always retweeting me. Always giving me props. I'm a fan of him. Mike, how are you, man? Man, I'm doing good. How you guys doing? Doing good. well, buddy. Cool. That's uh, Jake Ellenberger, and uh, T Rex is What's here. What's up? What's happening? So, how you doing today? Now, now, Mike. First of all, congrats on uh, on making it to the UFC. That's that's you know one in a million shot right there. It's a feat in itself. That's a feat in itself. Um, I know you took your last fight on short notice against Sullivan. Uh, do you think maybe it was uh, too short notice? Um. Yeah. Um, I kind of did that to myself though. Um, after my last RFA fight in October. Um, I was told by them I could fight in December and uh, outside of their organization, and they kind of shut that down. And uh, I kind of got a little depressed about it, and I was just, you know, I went to food, 
and uh, I went to Sacramento, and I was loving the food out there. And you know, I got back Christmas, New Year's, and uh, when you get the call from the UFC, you don't say no. So um, I was a little too heavy, and uh, you know that's that's what happens. You know, you you weren't as ready as you thought you were, and it kind of got to be a little bit too much before the fight. I mean, you're, I mean, you're one of these guys. Now, you lost 100. You used to weigh 270 in college. You lost 100 pounds uh, training. You weighed 270? Yeah, I was 273 um, right oh, when I started training. My you were on the Munoz diet, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, I broke my leg, actually. Oh, I'm like, sorry. Okay. Started eating, and then the weight just kept coming, and, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, now, now, did Anthony Johnson call you for tips? When, 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 uh, you... <laughs> I mean, he should. I mean, I could help him out with some of that dieting advice. I don't know how you go from being a 170 to, to pretty much being a heavyweight, but uh, I think he's, he took my diet and took it in reverse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, you have a very, uh, you have a really inspiring story, man. You, you, uh, you grew up in Iowa, right? In uh, Waterloo, Iowa? Yes, sir. Grew up in Iowa. You Cornfield. Didn't... On the cornfields. I know all about that. <laughs> That's where Ellenberger is from. Ellenberger is from Nebraska. So, uh, he... Right next door. I grew up in Omaha. <laughs> yeah, I um, actually got to meet you uh, when you fought in New Orleans. Uh, Emily Miller is a good friend of your guys. And she's a friend of mine from Des Moines. And uh, I met her through Eric Copeland's guys. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. One time. Oh, that's awesome. Now, Jake, you have a look on your face like Emily like, Miller. You heard that name, you're like, really? Oh yeah, no. I was thinking about New Orleans. That was that was a, that was a great fight, man. I, it was a good a good trip too. You you weren't thinking about Emily or okay. So all right, next question. So <laughs> so all right. So you uh, now you grew up in, in Nebraska. Now you didn't know your parents ever. I mean, your parents left when you were real young. Um, you know, I was adopted by my auntie from birth. Uh, my great aunt. Um, my dad actually only got to meet him uh, on my twelfth birthday. I met him one time, and then I've never seen him since. And uh, my biological mother, um, you know, I know her and everything like that. She tries to have a a relationship with me, but um, she did some shady things to my great aunt while she was trying to bring me up and, you know, some things that could have hurt her over me. So I kind of just, you know, ridded myself of that situation early. So uh, let's get back to your dad for a sec. So your dad, you meet on your 12th birthday. He he shows up at like, he just randomly shows up? Yeah, he just popped up out of nowhere. Like, I don't even know how he knew where we lived at or anything. You know, we were in there getting ready to cut the cake, and boom, he pops up, and it's like, hey, son. It's like, hey, who the hell are you? So, you know, it, it kind of went down like that. And then from that point, you know, I kind of let him know, like, we don't need a man in the house. I'm already that guy. So, you know, he can kind of go about his ways. That's hard to do when you're 12 years old. I mean, that's that's a that's a big responsibility. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's really deep, man. That's... That's deep and dark, uh, and then, and then, so, and then your, your mom leaves. So your aunt raises you, and then you got into uh, basketball. Correct? You were a basketball player in college. Yeah, um, I grew up playing on a Nike basketball team, uh, Martin Brothers. Um, you know, it was the top top talent in Iowa. Um, had a bunch of guys, ESPN top one fifty and whatnot. And uh, you know, I, I had big aspirations of going to a Division one school until I broke my leg, and then. Had to be a little bit more realistic with myself, and uh, I went to a junior college, and I let basketball, you know, pay for school. And then, and then you walk into a gym to, to lose weight because you're you're 270 pounds. You're, you're walking around like Oprah, and, and then <laughs> so, so you need to lose 100 pounds. You walk into an MMA gym, and then 
at what point after you walk into this gym do you start to become a uh, to, to be your first amateur fight? Um, you know, when I joined the gym, it wasn't even like an MMA class or anything like that. I didn't even know what MMA was at that point. You know, and that was just three years ago. Um, I had no clue. I took a cardio fitness class. I mean, had a lady with gray hair <laughs> popping the pads harder than me when I started. So, uh, the instructor kind of seen, you know, he's like, you're athletic. Let's try out a class after like a week. And, uh, my first day in the class, we sparred and I got kicked upside the head and, you know, it kind of knocked my headgear off, rocked me a little bit, and I'm like, okay, well, I like this. So um, I just stuck with it, and, you know, three weeks later, I had my first amateur fight, and it was at heavyweight, three-round war against some kid who was like 6'5", farm boy from Nebraska, actually. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it was a war. Both eyes were full and shut, but I came out the winter, man, and I knew from there that it was what I wanted to do. Wait, three weeks after your first class, you had a fight? Yeah, um... You know, he he's an old-school coach, and he's one of those guys that, you know, trial by fire kind of thing. And so from that three-week period on, I was training, you know, multiple times a day, kickboxing while taking gi jiu-jitsu. And, you know, I grew up wrestling in Iowa. I didn't wrestle in high school because I chose basketball. But, um, you know, wrestling is in our blood over there. So I just put it all together and came out with a victory, luckily. <laughs> That's insane. Was it more like a tough man competition than, than it was an MMA fight? Dude, you have no idea. I got the <laughs> video somewhere on Facebook. I wish I had a hard copy, but um, we were just slugging it out, and I would just, like, old school, like, trip his feet from underneath him. Um, I didn't even know what, like, side control was. I was, like, just punching him on the side. He would just stand right up. <laughs> I didn't even know to, like, put my body weight on him. It, it, it was it was terrible, man. I, it's, it's funny to look back and watch. You know, yeah, it was a slaughter out here. There was no technique at all. And now, at what point? So you go from you're living in Iowa. You're doing this tough man stuff. You're training at a gym. At what point do you go to Milwaukee and walk into Duke Rufus's gym? Um, actually, I had two teammates, uh, Joe Kason and a guy named Roy Jones. Um, they were bigger Cowan at that point. They were twelve and zero and. And something like that, their records. And uh, they needed to get out of Iowa, out of our gym, and find somewhere bigger to go. And, um, you know, I think it was probably six months into training for me. It was February. We came up and visited Duke Rufus's gym. And, uh, you know, I just being up here, I met Eric Koch, him being from Iowa, kind of kept a good relationship with him. And, um, you know, when I went back home, I, you know, I was still in college, so still going to school. And then over the summer, you know, I kind of talked to Duke like, hey, can I come up and stay for the summer? I'll get a job and everything like that. And he had a fighter house at that time. So he housed me and Joe Kason. And, you know, I told him I wanted to leave college and, and come up here and do it full time. He gave me his blessing. So I finished out that, that one semester of school the following year. And I've been up here ever since. <laughs> and now you're, you're living with Anthony Pettis, right? And Sergio Pettis? Oh, not anymore. Um, you know, as a man, you kind of need to get out and get your own thing. So I went and got a studio apartment um, right before this last fight. And, uh, you know, I'm living on my own now. But for the nine months before um, my RFA fight in October, I was living with Anthony. He took me in when I was having a rough time with a job and, and stuff like that. And he just kind of took me under his wing and, you know, kind of took care of me for a little while. Now, what was that like? Because I know, I, know I, I, mean, I hear Pettis is just like... I heard he's like the champion of not only the UFC but of chicks. I mean, I heard Anthony Pettis. Yeah, women love women it. love Anthony Pettis. Was he just cut? <laughs> now, were you getting some of his leftovers or? 
Nah, I wish, man. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm as good looking or have as much money as that guy. So they're not chasing after me as much. <laughs> but uh, no, um, you know, I think if I would have moved in with him before he had his daughter, I think we probably would have been, you know, like college days, chicks running in and out and whatnot. But um, him having his daughter, you know, kind of settling him down, you know, and winning that belt. But um, you know, while I was there, of course, there was beautiful women trying to get at him and stuff like that. But for the most part. Um, it was it was kind of nice just to see him being a dad, man, and yeah. that's kind of what showed me what I need to do. You know, what I mean, his work ethic at that point was nuts. It was to the gym, his daughter, to the gym, his daughter. You know, and, and it kind of showed me what I needed to focus on in this next year. You know, obviously, it got me to the UFC. What about you, man? Are you uh, are are you? I mean, you're in the UFC, and you you know you're you're doing well. How's uh how the how little uh, the the women treating you? Good. I'm not a player, but I crush a lot. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, uh, you know, I'm not struggling in that department. Uh, I'm doing pretty well for myself uh, before the UFC, and hopefully they just bring on the cute women. I mean, your nickname is Big Rock. Is, is that Does that go everywhere? Or are you just the Big Rock? I mean, you know, I'm... You know, I'm I'm hung like a horse. Well, no, I'm kidding. No, but uh, yeah, you know, Biggie's all around. I'm all around guy. Nice. That's good. That's uh, good for you, man. I, I wish I was a uh, big rock. Um, <laughs> nice work. And I, I remember uh, War Machine recently said he wanted to train George Zimmerman on Twitter. And then I was like, why do you want to train that punk? And then you got into it with War Machine. Now, did you want to fight him before you went to the UFC? Was there some kind of beef there? Um. I, when I was in the RFA, uh, you know, that guy just tweets a bunch of dumb shit. And uh, I, think he, I, I just, I personally just dislike the guy, just the way he acts, his personality and everything else about him. You know what I mean? And uh, we had a couple of Twitter beats, where, you know, going back and forth at each other. And, uh, you know, that was just more ammunition, you know, for me to come shooting at him. So, you know, I love to talk shit to the guy because he, he's pretty good at returning it. So, um, but if, you know, I mean, before I signed with the UFC, if I would have got offered a fight against him, obviously not in Bellator because I never want to fight for those guys. But, um, you know, a street fighter, anything like that, I'd probably would take it. I, I would love to beat that kid up. If, if you saw him right now, like if you were at a UFC event and you saw him in the stands, would you go over and punch him in his lips? Out <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, of fear of losing my job, probably not. But, um, you know, kind of how Uriah Hall got the punch. Man, um, maybe maybe Dana give me permission to punch War Machine, <laughs> and I'll definitely sock him in the face. <laughs> now, what do you have against Bellator? Uh, Bellator's just shitty, man. Uh, I got offered their TV series show, The Fight Master. Um, we got offered that, and uh, the contract was horrible. You know, even if you didn't win the show, they had you know they had rights to your name. They could tell you when you were fighting, when you weren't. Um, you know, and the deal wasn't even that sweet for the show. And then, you know, me being a teammate of Ben Askren, I got to see how they were f***ing him over from behind the scenes. So, you know, they were trying to play like they were good guys out in the open and just sticking it to them behind, you know, behind closed doors. So um, they're pretty shifty people over there. And uh, I just I just wouldn't want to get my career derailed by, uh, you know, dealing with those kind of guys. Yeah, no, I, that's the whole thing is uh, that whole Askren thing really annoyed me because – Askren is one of the best fighters in the world, and I think he would, I think he would dominate in the UFC. I, I, I truly believe that. 
And uh, it just and, and then Bellator releases Askren because he's too dominant. I never heard of an organization letting a guy go because p- people can't figure out how to beat him. The, the, which that makes yeah me- that, that baffled me as well. And uh, you know, uh, Ben's my teammate, a good friend of mine. And, and I tell people to this day, like, uh, why is Ben Askren over in one FC? And uh, you know, and, and you're in the UFC, and I go, you know, flat out. If, if I was to fight Ben Askren in, in an MMA fight. Ben Askren would do to me what he does to everyone else, you know, and I feel like he'll do that to, you know, everyone outside of the, you know, like I, a lot of guys at 170 in the UFC, he would do that exact same thing to. There's only a couple elite level guys who can, you know, clip him as he's coming in or stuff a takedown or, you know, maybe out grapple him. But there's there's a very small number of people that can do that. And for him to be in one FC in any organization other than the UFC is just criminal, in my opinion. I, I agree, Jake. Your thoughts? You know, I, I completely agree. I'm a big fan of Ben. I, um, and, you know, I wish we would have came to to terms where he could have competed in the UFC. But, um, you know, I, and people would like. In when I I heard a lot about the whole Bellator thing, and and people were talking about, oh, he's he's not that marketable. Well, listen, at the end of the day, it comes down to winning fights. He's winning fights. You know what I mean? So, and that's, I agree. It's like it doesn't matter what your style is if, if you're winning fights. You know, yeah. you should be able to compete at the with with anybody. Yeah, it's crazy, and I mean, it's not like the guy's personality is lacking anything. Because I mean, he's got a, he's got a mouth on. Oh, it. he's so hilarious! He out and talk to, to anybody. So I mean, if you want that that sale factor, he could sell a fight. You know, he, he has that kind of personality as well. You know, he came on the show though and said he doesn't believe in deodorant. He said he's ne- he doesn't he, said- he doesn't wear deodorant. The crazy thing is grappling with them and anything like that. He doesn't smell. The guy doesn't believe in wearing shoes either. Like, he walks around all summer barefoot. <laughs> he never puts on shoes. He's a man's man when it comes to that kind of stuff. <laughs> That's, that, if I don't wear deodorant for like, two days, I, I can't even, I like smell myself and almost faint. I have to wear a deodorant. <laughs> it smells like you were like salami yeah. under your arms. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, Mike, who do you want to fight next? Um,. You know, it was a guy actually supposed to fight my uh, my teammate Pascal Kraus, um, Adam something with a K. Um, he's one of those Russian guys from Dagestan or somewhere like that. Um, he <laughs> Did was you supposed say to Dagestan? Make his debut. So, uh, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't he couldn't get into the country. Um, I have a teammate fighting on the card in April. I would love to you know welcome him to the UFC. Other than that, um, Neil Magny for some reason he just rubs me the wrong way, even though he's like. He seems like the nicest guy in the world. I don't know why, but uh, he's coming off of a victory. I'd love to fight him. But other than that, man, anybody, I want to fight. I, I hate losing, and I hate sitting on a loss. I hate waiting, you know, super long in between fights. Um, I like to be active, so uh, I'm trying to get my cowboy Cerrone on and just start fighting every card. I got bummed when you lost, man. And first of all, you almost knocked that guy out a couple times. You had him hurt, it seemed like. Uh, it, de- it definitely seemed cardio was kind of an issue, but it was like I hated when you lost because I, I, you're such a nice guy and you're such a supportive guy. It, it, it like it bummed me out. Just so you know, I was. Yeah, you know, just cardio is like, and I didn't really realize it until that fight. Cardio is a weapon for me, and it always has been. And, and, and until you, you know, you fight a fight where your mind's telling you to do something and you want to be able to do it, and your body just can't react. That's like a helpless feeling, man, and and I never want to feel that again. You know, I fought 25 minutes for that title fight, and, uh, you know, I was putting it on him. I almost knocked him out at the end of the first round. 
um, slamming him around, beating him up the whole fight for 25 minutes straight, and I didn't get tired. So when I got tired in this 15-minute fight, you know, after the first round, it was really frustrating, and it was really hard for me to stay in the fight um, mentally, too, you know, not being able to do what I wanted to do. Like, my body just couldn't do it. So um, that sucked. And, you know, even at that, I, I still thought I did enough to win the fight. But, you yeah, know, like Bert said before the fight, don't leave it to the judges because they'll make you cry. And, you know, he, he tells the truth in that department. Did you cry? Yeah, I did, man. I'm, I have no shame in telling you I cried. I cried like a baby. Did you, have you ever cried after a loss, Jake? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, a little bit. I've thrown some chair. I mean, a little really frustrated, but I've came pretty close to, yeah. When I was in high school, I actually called this girl a bitch, and she slapped me, and I, and I started crying. And I was like, <laughs> wasn't that it hurt? But I was so embarrassed. It was like in front of everybody, yeah. and everyone's like, oh, my God, the guy's a state champ, and he cries, and he gets slapped. It was like the, the most embarrassing human thing. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, and it was, it was actually, when I was at the award show recently, because uh, I, I made some jokes about Brittany Palmer, and she hates me, and I was afraid she was going to come up and slap me, and I'm like, if she does, don't start, cr- don't start crying, <laughs> whatever, whatever. I do just just, just take don't it. Cry, just don't cry. Yeah, I loved when. Yeah, I think that was kind of my deal too, man. Is I was more embarrassed than anything. You know, I've I've been calling people out in the UFC trying to get my shot, and you know, I and I felt like you know I was so ready for that opportunity, and you know, I had so many friends and family, and and, and you know, people that just don't even know me just support me through my fight career, and I feel like I let them down, I let myself down, so it was more tears of frustration and a little embarrassment but you know i shook it off because i had my teammate sergio pettis fighting too so um you know i went in the bathroom let it out a little bit and then i came back you know smile on my face trying to get him pumped up and ready to go so he he didn't have to feel like you know um he didn't have to see me like that uh so he, he could focus on himself and focus on his fight well just so you know you didn't let anybody down you, you went out there and you and you made it to the ufc and you're gonna have a great career there's nobody you let down you don't don't worry about it. these fighters, are, and I understand it because when I when I wrestled and, and I lost, I feel like I let everyone down. But they're not they're not letting anyone down, you know. It's, 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 it's a sport. You, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. As long as you try your hardest. Yeah, you know, it's a double edged sword too. It's like you're in a sport that you can't rely on anybody but yourself. And at the end of the day, it's like that's what makes it so gratifying too. You know, you, you win and you're on top of the world. You lose. It's like the high the high is high and the low is the low so and it's so true because that's what individual sports are you know but it's exactly just tough to deal with you know did, did you get any uh did you get did you get any uh, that night actually uh me and it's gonna sound even worse at this point but me and sergio uh we went back right away we came back to milwaukee um we didn't we didn't partake in the festivities in chicago um it's a quick drive back so we came back and um no, but I got sushi, which is pretty much the same thing to me after cutting 30, <laughs> wow. after cutting 36 pounds in 11 days. I was more concerned about food wow. than girls at that point. That's a lot of weight. 36 pounds, you said? In 11 yeah, days. Yeah, uh, when I got the call. Oh my I, okay, I was actually 216, and something told me, hey, you know, get your weight down, you're fat. So I started, I did like a juice cleanse, and I lost like mm-hmm. 10 pounds in like seven or eight days. And I got back to training, and I was 206 when they called me. And my coach asked me what I weighed. I said, like, 192. <laughs> and then my other coach called me. He's like, what do you weigh? And don't lie to me. And I was like, okay, 206. He said, get your fat ass on the treadmill right now, and I'll see you tomorrow. Because I was in Iowa, so I had to drive all the way back to Milwaukee 
and then get to cutting weight. And it was probably the worst cut I've ever had. I did 26 wow. and 8 days for my other loss against Brandon Thatch one short notice. So pretty much fighting on 8 or 11 days notice is not good for me. Wow. Oh, by the way, I've actually trained with the guy you beat, Alan Juban. Alan uh, Juban, right? Is it Jalen? Yeah, yeah. That was my title fight. Yeah, I, I, I used to train with that guy over at uh, Legends. He's like a model. He's like a model slash fighter, <laughs> that guy. Dude, he got so mad when he fought uh, Chris Bang, the other model who's a blonde. I called him um, Zoolander. <laughs> he got all pissed. I mean, he literally, before the fight, he had nothing to say. Like, he was like, okay. Then he heard the Zoolander comment. He's just like, I'm going to knock this kid's head off. I'm going to take his head off. I'm like, that doesn't sound the same coming from a guy who models Gillette. Like, I can't take you serious. <laughs> he's, he's, a tough, he's a tough guy. He, he's got really Dude, good striking. Uh, I hit him with some shots, and he went down at the beginning of the first. And, you know, my corner's like, okay, settle down. Go and get him. He'll quit. And I hit that kid with everything I had in that, first, in that second, second round. And he kind of just got up, shook his head, and looked at me like, all right. And he just kept coming forward. I cut him. He's bleeding all over. He kept coming forward. And I'm like, God, I'm going to have to put this guy fully to sleep because he was coming. But, yeah, he was a tough guy. But I was just taking shots at him to sell the fight and, and stuff like that. I think he understood that. But yeah, a male model. And in our sport, you kind of set yourself up for it. <laughs> now, now, you and Sergio. So you and Sergio both lose in Chicago. Sergio gets tapped by, uh, by Bruce Leroy, who, uh, that was a great fight. Now, you guys are driving back. Is it the most depressed car ride? Are you guys feeling bad for yourself? Are you cheering each other up? What, what's going on in that car? Um, actually, we rode separate. Um, oh, his mom actually drove me home, and he rode home with his cousin. Um, but his mom is just the sweetest lady in the world. Anthony and Sergio's mom is just she is sweetest lady you'll ever meet man uh you know she she was dropping some tear jerkers on me just let me know um you know the, the losing is not you know permanent unless i unless i just keep doing the same things and i'm not trying to get better and you know she's really deep in faith and stuff like that so we had a serious talk but when me and sergio both got home together and it was more like you know me trying to just being the older guy and you know just trying to get him right because you know he's never that kid's never lost anything in his life from taekwondo tournaments to anything so i just felt the need to uh kind of talk to him a little bit because anthony wasn't there um i just talked to him and then we went and ate um at a cafe at like four o'clock in the morning we had french toast with with marshmallows and stuff on so that's <laughs> that's more so what we were concerned about you know we we're like okay we lost we got to deal with that you know in training but right now we want french toast Oh, now you're still uh, now. I, I read somewhere that even though you're in the UFC, you're still a bouncer and a carpenter. Is that true? Yeah, man. Um, actually, I'm jobless now, pretty much. Uh, you know, there's an opening at, at a coffee there's Starbucks. A Star- there's a Starbucks at uh, Dana Point, actually. In Dana Point, yeah. That uh, what's his, that? Uh, Patrick Cummins. Get out there, y'all. Gonna put a word in for me or what? So wait. So you're you're you're, you're jobless. You're not. You're not. You don't have a job. Yeah, pretty much most of the work that I was doing, um, like carpentry-wise, was, you know, I did some roofing, I did some insulation and roofs and whatnot, and it, it's snowing really bad out, and, and outside work, obviously, landscaping and stuff, but um, it's cold out here in Wisconsin, we just got seven inches of snow last night, so I can't do that, and then I find out from the bar that I'm working at, via text message, the day before I'm supposed to work, they go, hey, uh, just so you know, uh, as of four o'clock yesterday, we sold the bar to somebody else. 
and uh, you, you, you don't need to come to work. So pretty much they told me, uh, you're fired. We no longer own this place, and you don't have a job, and I'm just now telling you. Oh, God. Well, I might be joining you. Uh, but that's <laughs> so. <laughs> well, Welcome that, to the club. Yeah, we could I, maybe open a like a coffee shop or something. Yeah, coffee shop. Yeah. Podcast on coffee. We'll shop. do a podcast. Yes. So you're looking. I know. Are you looking for? If anyone wants to hire Mike, I know that Phil Baroni said he used to train girls and have sex with them so that they would order more. Um, they would get more sessions. Have you ever thought about doing that? Jeez, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm Phil Baroni though. I gotta. I gotta grow a stash and get some chest hair or something to be that guy. We're shaving. I'm trying to be cool like him. But uh, you know, Duke's, Duke's a good man, and uh, I was teaching a women's fitness class at at the gym and stuff like that. So um, he's gonna go back to letting me teach there and, and teaching the technique classes and stuff like that. So he's looking out for me right now. But uh, you know, I'm still gonna get a bar a job at a, some other bar. Um, eventually, I just need to get on top of that. Well, Mike, man, listen, you're, first of all, I want to thank you for all the support, and, uh, and you're an inspiring story, man. People that like, come down on MMA, you look at a guy like Mike Rhodes, who grew up with, with no, no father, no mother, broke his leg, uh, uh, within three years made the UFC after taking a, a, a female defense class. Uh, I mean, you've come a long way, dude, and uh, you should be really proud of yourself. And you lost 100 pounds. I mean, if you could talk to my yeah. ex-girlfriend about that, she needs to lose 100 pounds. But that's, that's, <laughs> that's amazing, dude. That is so freaking amazing. And uh, you, should be, you should be really proud of yourself, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Do you have any questions for Jake Ellenberger? <laughs> Why is he there? I got, a question. I got a question for Jake Ellenberger. Sure. Yeah, buddy, I'm here. Excuse me, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, oh, I can no. hear you. Hello? Yeah, we can hear you. Hello? You're cutting out. Uh, we can hear you now. Can we hear you? Mike? Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, I'm, I'm just fucking with you. I didn't have a question or anything. Oh! <laughs> oh <this guy>. <laughs> <laughs> I like this guy. <laughs> that is hilarious. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, thank you. Where can people find you on, on Twitter? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Team Rock Biggie. That's T E A M R O C. B-I-G-G-I-E. Well, Team Rock Big. Well, thank you, Mike Rhodes. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Love to have you back on. Great job. Great great job with everything, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, Mike. Keep it up, man. Keep up the good work. Will do, brother. Late. All right. Late. So that was, uh, that was Biggie Mike Rhodes. Talk about some adversity, man. This guy's been through some stuff. Yeah. I mean, meet your father one time on your 12th birthday. He's not even black. That's awesome. He is black. <laughs> Mike Rhodes is black. Is he? Yeah. What's wrong with you, Are dude? Are you serious? You even, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking about somebody else. <laughs> Are you thinking about marijuana? I, I mean, seriously, what, Mike Rhodes? Are we live? Yeah, Are we on? Yeah, we're live. You, <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't know that Mike Rhodes is black? I did not know that. Wait, hold on, guys. I wasn't recording. <laughs> uh, just, uh, <laughs> really? I didn't know that. Oh, man. Everybody. Yeah, no, he's like he's he's. I never heard of the guy until you brought him up. I think you mentioned him last week. <laughs> okay, here, take, take, take that part out of the show where I don't know. What he <laughs> no, no, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no leave it in. No way, we are we are leaving that in. I'm sure people that are listening don't know that I'm black. Yeah, I think they do. I hope so. <laughs> they just <laughs> think it's some dude making a racist. Otherwise, comment. we're gonna get some <laughs> some hate mail. All right, we 
We are back with the MMA Roasted Podcast. Uh, so we got we got big fights coming on this week. Uh, one UFC 170. I'm excited for it. I really am. I, I, I truly... I'm excited for every UFC event, but this one I think is going to be a lot of fun. Are you going to go? Am I going to go uh, into Vegas? No, I, I'm going to be at Catch a Rising Star in oh, nice. both Princeton and Rhode Island uh, this week. Really? Yes. Nice. And, I'm, and I'm doing a... a I'm performing at... Uh, Harford Community College in, oh, Mar- God. in uh, That's right outside Baltimore. In Baltimore, yes. So, but enough about me. The fights. Damian Maya is taking on Rory McDonald. Rory McDonald. I, I know that you fought Rory McDonald. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have you trained with Maya? I haven't. A good friend of mine, though, he lives in Brazil. He's been training with with uh, with Maya quite a bit for this fight. He's a kickboxer, uh, similar style to Rory. So, uh, you know, this is going to be another one of those. Uh, interesting matchups, you know. Um, I think Maya's going to get him. I think if he can get this fight to the ground, he'll he'll win this fight, and I think he will be able to do that. So maybe maybe not in the first round, but uh, I, I see Maya winning this fight. Now a lot of fighters they don't say that they they never say a guy that beat them is going to win uh, is is like going to lose. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of guys you go oh well if he if he beat me there's no way he's going to now. So it's interesting that you're saying that you think Maya's going to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you lost to Rory, which, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, was uh, a very close fight. Uh, it was, uh, you know, one of those fights that uh, y- you obviously said that you knew that you were off mm-hmm. before you even went out there, correct? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, and I think, <clears throat> I mean, you know, I, I, know my, I know myself so well. And it's just like you have an off night. You can, you can tell when I'm not. Because if, if something's not right, you know, you can, you can tell. But, uh, you know, that's in the past. But Rory, he's a skilled fighter. Nothing to take away from him. Um, but I'm still going to go with Maya in this fight. Go with Maya. Mm-hmm. Maya's going to submit him. I think so. What round? Second round. Second round mm-hmm. submission. Mm-hmm. See, I, I think Rory's going to win. Yeah, I think he's going. I think Rory's going to win too, and I think it's going to go to a decision. It's going to go to a decision. Yeah, I think so too. I think he's going to keep it on the feet. I mean, he'd he'd be a maniac to go to the ground with, with Damian Maya. <laughs> I mean, going through. I mean, that's that Damian Maya Chael Sonnen fight was one of the. Sickest, most amazing submissions I've ever seen, and uh, and it was really odd because after he submitted him, he was like, "Yeah, I wanted to prove that I could beat him without hurting him," and I'd never heard that before. But he's like, "Yeah, it was like," and I'm messing up his quote, but basically, he said that like he jujitsu where you could you could beat someone without actually inflicting any damage. I thought it was an interesting tactic. I never mm-hmm. heard of fighting without fighting. I've never I've, I've never heard that before. I think I was, I, was probably, I, thought, I had a lot of respect for Damian Maya for that. Mm-hmm. Um, the last fight against Shield he had was so boring that the eyes in his shorts fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Was a very, oh, thank you. I appreciate That's funny. As opposed to the other things that say weren't funny. Really? You're kind of like saying that's funny? Any so people funny. go that, I thought you were funny. Or, right. or I'll write a funny tweet and someone goes, no, that's funny. And they'll well, yeah. capitalize that. Right. Which just means everything else, else you said. That's not funny. Oh, right. I hate right. it. I, that's all I get. Her. That's back, not what I meant. Just... I should do the backhanded compliment comedy tour. That's <laughs> it's, it's, it's right. all I get her, backhanded compliments all day long. Right. It's like someone said when someone, oh, you look good today. Oh, oh you don't look good yesterday, you know? Or yeah. I had some good No, you thing. look really good today. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> Come uh, yeah. on. Or like, you look hot from the right angle, you know? It's just <laughs> awful. You look good from far. So all right, far from good. So uh, Mike Pyle is fighting T.J. Waldberger. Um, that should be a good fight. I'm Wahlberg is a strong kid, but I think he's about to get his ass whooped. <laughs> By Pyle? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to two. If Pyle shows up, he wins that fight easily. You know, he's been he's an extremely skilled fighter and, and one of the you know one of the toughest guys in the gym. 
hands down. So if he shows up to fight, he'll win that fight. Yeah, the only issue with Pyle, I think, is, is age. Uh, he's getting up there. You know, his, uh, you know, Mike Pyle's first fight ever. Did you just hear from Dan Severin? <laughs> guy's like 70 fighting that's a good point well, no, it's a, yeah no but right you're, you're right uh but I, I i hope not i like pile pile's a, a super cool guy awesome pile, pile guy. came to my one time I, I don't know if you i've told this you probably i've told the story but uh mike pile came to one of my shows and uh actually we, we hung out at the award show and he was busting my chops and just you know giving me a hard time and you know just being mike pile and then i was like i, I laughed and i was like oh that was cool and then he wrote me this like long text like hey man oh i was just kidding around and i would love to be your friend like all like the nicest text i've ever gotten in my yeah. life <laughs> and i was like well this, this guy's a this guy's a really cool guy man i'm, I'm a fan of mike pile for life He's got the best hair in MMA. I mean, the, the guy drinks moonshine between rounds. And uh, I think that's, I think that's, I, think I like Mike Pyle. I'm a fan of Mike Pyle. I hope Mike Pyle wins this fight. Me too. Uh, Jessica I versus Alexis Davis. Come on, Jessica. I, I'm, Jessica. I'm, I'm hoping Jessica wins. We all like Jessica, right? Yeah, we do. I'm a Jessica I fan. Uh, you know, she's been. But. But. However, um, Alexis, Alexis Davis, Davis is a tough fight. She's good. I think it's going to be a good fight. Um. So you know, if I'm if I'm betting on the fight, I can't go with who I you know can't be biased, but I think it's going to be a good fight. Jessica, I want to go on a date with you, and, and you're going to pick against her, Ellenberger. This is, uh, is that true? Well, she, she's called into the show, one of the uh, twelve ones that you missed, and um, when you uh, I was on suspension, I was on you, waivers. Well, you were on suspension, T Rex. Mm. Uh, yeah, so she <laughs> she agreed to go on a date with Jake, uh, but then she's going to turn it down. Who is Jake? Jake is well, no, Jake will go out with her. Jake, and, uh, with Jake will go. Well, happened? Jake would marry her, and then be like, "How's it going?" Oh, just friends. I, Jake is. You, <laughs> Come on. Well, are you are you running for office or something? I mean, what, Mister? Like, I, I am not running for office. No. <laughs> you never tell us about your. I mean, about your your life. Uh, you never tell us about whether or not you got laid last week or dates. Is it because you're afraid that a certain girl's listening to the show? No, actually, not at all. I, I don't. No, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't really. I don't have a good answer. I don't, answer. <laughs> I don't have a good answer for you. I understand. I mean, I, we're both comedians, so you know we're 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 into you know exp- exposing ourselves. You know, that's right. That's, we're into that kind of thing. Just don't you know? expose yourself here, please. <laughs> <laughs> I had a girl recently in bed, and uh, she was <laughs> DJ's faces. <laughs> she, you know, it's like you ever have a girl talk dirty to you in bed, and she was like saying things like she was like. <laughs> Saying things like, oh, I want you to do this to me. And, and I'm not very vocal, so I was just agreeing. So I'm like, good point. <laughs> I was, good point. I'm like, uh, we're in cahoots. That, that was basically what I noted. Noted, yeah. that's Duly noted. Uh, duly noted. That's, that's, that's how I was. I, as much smack as I talk on, on the air and on stage, I'm actually... A per, not I wouldn't say a shy person, but I'm not the most vocal because mm-hmm. it's a fine line when you're in bed with a girl between like hot and creepy. Yeah, and, and I, I, I agree. just sort of wanna. I just don't say anything. I just kind of let my actions speak for themselves. You know? <laughs> <laughs> finally, uh, <laughs> finally, so Dana White goes off on Cyborg uh, last week. Dana White had a um, he had a, a, a some kind of a, a meeting where you know. Someone asked him about steroids, and he was like, "Give me a name of one fighter, and I'll I'll call him, and and we'll have him tested right now." You know, and, and nobody nobody came up with a name. Uh, but then someone asked really? him about yeah, nobody asked. Someone asked about Cyborg, and he said, "Look, Cyborg's on so many drugs, her face looks looks like Vanderlei Silva." 
this one. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Dana. And then, I love it. So Cyborg. <laughs> That's funny. So Cyborg responds, right? Uh, Tito Ortiz stepped down for managing Cyborg. Which is hmm. probably a good thing because you know for both parties. Tito, well. you know Tito can't manage his his uh, shift in his car. So, so, My God. so Tito's not the probably the best manager you want to have mm-hmm. uh, as much. And by the way, I met Tito Ortiz, and the guy couldn't have been cooler. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have nothing but respect for Tito Ortiz. So Tito Ortiz, then he steps down. He says, you know, obviously Cyborg's not. Uh, Dana doesn't want to put Cyborg against Rousey. Cyborg said she tested positive for steroids or some, a banned substance two years ago because she was taking a weight loss substance that she didn't know about. Okay. Who was? Cyborg. Yeah, that's a lie. Th- that's a lie? That's a straight lie. Completely. Will you expand on that? Oh, I just, it's just a, I mean, that's, that, that's a, just a clearly an excuse. That's like the oldest trick in the book. You yeah. Say, I didn't know what I was taking. Come on. And it's funny because it's anything anything you put in your body, you know, it's like you, 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 there's something in my protein shake. Like, come on. There wasn't testosterone in your protein shake. You know what I mean? Like, So you think a fighter pretty much always knows when they're taking something? Absolutely. I mean, it, it, I, unless you're, I don't know, unless you're like eating food from, I, I couldn't even tell you, I, I wouldn't even know how to have, have an example of when I wouldn't know what I'm putting in my body. You but don't you think, I mean, I remember when I wrestled, and I'm going to bring it up again, sometimes there was stuff you could take, like like people would take uh, X-lax or, you know, to lose weight, or they would take a pill sometimes to, 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 to crap out. Don't you think sometimes people take one of those pills to lose weight and possibly there's something in there that, is that possible or no? Sure. Yeah, I mean, like, like the whole uh, ephedrine thing, you know, that used to be big in, in weight loss and... You know that that could be something like that, but it's, I, I was really more of uh, talking about like testosterone and that kind of right. stuff. The, but you also you look at cyborg. I mean, if you, I mean, you hate to say someone's guilty by just looking at them, <laughs> but you look at cyborg's body, uh, yeah, and even how her body, face. even how her body was before, and uh, how her body is now. Uh, I mean, she has tested clean the last two or three fights, but there was a point mm. where cyborg. I mean, it, it didn't look human. It, it, it looked like a cyborg. It looked like something that you would, if you were going to go, okay, I'm going to combine an alien with a human being. It, it was, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, taking a cheap shot at her. I'm just saying, if you just look at her, you're like, man, that is not natural. Natural. Like Barry Bonds from like Pittsburgh Pirates. Did you see, have you seen that picture? Guys. Like the picture where they compare the two, or yeah. the, when he first came in the league. You're looking was, at that. You're like, there's no way. I'm sorry. You can't I mean, do that to yourself. I mean, there are certain and there are certain athletes like that. I mean, I mean, and Belfort who admits to taking testosterone, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm not discrediting their hard work in the gym because, look, I can't take a, a, a pill tomorrow and become the UFC champion. It's just right. never going to happen. But at the same time. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, let's 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 not pretend that we're all blind here. I mean, you, you look at Cyborg and you're like, okay, either this girl has some the most advanced training regimen in the history of the universe, or she's taking some kind of substance, and she got busted for that, which is unfortunate because she was the champion. So <laughs> now you look at say Ronda Rousey versus Cyborg, and 
you know, Rhonda Cyborg, Dana said that Cyborg said if she makes 135, she would die. And that's what Tito said, that she would die by making 135. And now, pe- and now people want him to make that fight. Well, I'm, what if she dies? Then they're going to say, why would you make that fight? So he's well, sort it, of... It's for, until you put a, a dollar sign on there, because I guarantee there's a dollar, and there's always a, a, a dollar number. If someone, if they offered her a dollar number for the fight at 135, she would make 135. Really? Absolutely. You think she could make 135? I, I, I think she could. It'd be like me fighting 155. Could I do it? Yeah. It would take a while. It would take some time. You know, I would hate it. But now, how could does, I do it? How sure. does, now, the thing about this is, the question, the, 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 big, the big Jeopardy question right now is, not really Jeopardy question. <laughs> the, the million big, the big dollar question, question. The million dollar question is, who wins, Cyborg or Ronda Rousey? Let's say, sorry, let's say Ronda takes Sarah McMahon. That's, we're going we're gonna to assume that for all, you know, argument's sake. Mm-hmm. She, now, can Cyborg beat Ronda? I think she has the style to beat Ronda because... Mm-hmm. She doesn't like. I mean, she's not it's only just a like black fighting belt, a man. It'd be like fighting a man. Not a man. Uh, there. I mean, we're talking. Now, we're fighting a UFC uh, ranked man. Well, I'm not talking about any <laughs> right. a, a man. Uh, this is you <laughs> right. know, uh, me, you, and DJ aren't going to be able to beat Cyborg right now. So, <laughs> but, but, but her stand up is incredible. Her ground game is incredible, and she's just vicious. She's vicious. Mm-hmm. She's just. Demo- dem- I mean, granted. I mean, who was the last person that looked good against Cyborg? The last person that even... Anybody that stands next to her. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. I mean, seriously. Who is the last girl that looked like, oh, this is a fight? Like they this have is a competitive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had, who's the last human being? I, I couldn't tell you. No, I couldn't tell you either. I mean, granted, there was a girl in, in Strike mm-hmm. Force who was a dominatrix they put in against her. You see that girl that was, a, uh. there was an Asian girl... Uh, and they're like, yeah, her, her background is in domination. And she was a dominatrix, and Cyborg outweighed her. She didn't make weight by 15 pounds. She just brutally murdered this girl. But so, I don't know. So does, be, does Ronda beat Cyborg? I hope Ronda beats Cyborg. I, I like Ronda. I would, I would want her to win. Can she beat her at 135? Maybe Cyborg would be too drained at that point and too much weight. And, you know, would There's be- a lot of variables for sure. If she, if, if first, if she can make 135, you know, that's that's... That's a that's a fight in itself. Who wins her. that fight? I'm still gonna go with Ronda. I mean, I like Ronda in the fight, but can Cyborg beat her? Sure. She, you know, it, it's the whole unpredictability factor. Yeah, anybody who has that kind of power can win a fight. Now so. the UFC, a lot of people say, well, they're protecting Ronda from Cyborg. I don't think they're protecting her no. because if she makes weight, they're gonna they're gonna have to put her. However, protected. I mean, look at she's fighting Sarah McMahon this weekend, Olympic silver medalist. I mean, uh, who has. At, realistically a good chance of beating her. But doesn't have the same type of... I think you look at... I mean, Sarah McMahon, uh, you know, went five rounds against Shayna Baszler. It was a very close fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah got tapped by Baszler uh, by, uh, in a grappling match. That's what I heard. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, Sarah McMahon has five, five wins in, the, in MMA. I think, I think all five went to distance. So, that's she's not. I don't think she puts post the same threat as Cyborg does. Sure. Um, so, but look at Ronda Rousey. I mean, Dana White says Ronda Rousey will be the biggest star the UFC's ever had. She's in the new Entourage movie. She's in another movie. She's in the Expendables. She's in the Fast and the Furious. She's on the cover of Maxim magazines, and uh, she's on the she's uh, ESPN, she's got all, ESPN. UFC, she's got oh, yeah. all these things where I, I mean, women. When women, they get behind Ronda. I mean, when Ronda Rousey was fighting each tape, women were like, oh, I mean, guys would, guys want to see Ronda. The hardcore fans, the hardcore, hardcore fans, I think 
you know, would rather have, I think, maybe Cy- Cyborg or her. Maybe not. They would rather have the better fighter. I think a lot of people, the brand might be better off having Ronda Rousey Ronda, as right. the face of MMA mm-hmm. versus Cyborg as the face of MMA. I mean, just on a simply... She shouldn't be the face of a Fruity Pebbles box. <laughs> just, just based on the face. <laughs> just just uh, simply marketing. I mean, marketing. And, and it's... I'm not... Putting down Cyborg, I'm just saying it, it, it is what it is. There are certain people that are more marketable. Mm-hmm. GSP mm-hmm. is more marketable than Matt Brown, and mm-hmm. nothing against Matt Brown. Okay, uh, Uriah Faber is more marketable mm-hmm. than Burrell. It's you know just certain people mm-hmm. are there's just va- what well, you're saying. There's certain variables that play into why people are easily be more marketable than others. Yeah. That's just, there's a whole package to Rhonda. A whole package versus, to Rhonda. Um, Cyborg where she's really just this, like, fighter. She's a fighter. But there's not a lot uh, else going for her. I love the fact that, by the way, that's DJ, uh, our uh, producer talking. I love when he gets into the, the concept yes, of the show. Yes, yeah, the, the, that's what, uh, so any complaints, can we, uh, send them to DJ. No, so, no, so, <laughs> yeah, DJ is, uh, you know, exactly. And I'm not, it's just, you know, some people... I feel like it is what it is. It's nothing against Cyborg or certain people. It's just a matter of you know. And she had her. She had an opportunity to go to the UFC, and I don't know at what point of, of who was managing her at the time. But there was a time where she they were negotiating. So she, you know, she easily could have went that route, and they chose not to. So well, it's according like, to Tito, Dana White contacted Tito Ortiz and said, "We want to make Cyborg versus Ronda happen." Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Tito said, "Okay, I want a six fight deal." They said, "No, a three fight deal." And then that was the that was, end of that it. Was the deal yeah, breaker. that was a deal breaker. Maybe you know about this. What about the Strike Force contracts? Weren't they a bit inflated? And so when they were bringing guys over from Strike Force, mm-hmm. the Strike Force guys were like, "We expect this much. We expect this many fights." Yeah. And they come over to the UFC, and it's like, "Oh, it's a whole new deal here. Even though we own Strike Force, mm-hmm. we're ta- we're taking a different route." To signing guys, is that also part of? Could have that played a part in this? Sure, you know, and I know a lot of the people who came from Strike Force too when the UFC absorbed them was they had to honor that contract, and I think even some of the guys were making a lot of money in which jo- like Gil, like right yeah, now, right? Gil, oh, Robbie cool. Lawler. I mean, there's there's a, a handful of guys that were making making great money. Jake Shields, I'm sure, was one of them too. But yeah, I know when they came to the UFC, Joe Silva was like kind of laughing like we're just we're not going to pay you this this is crazy and it's he said that that could have something to do with it it's like if someone's used to making this amount per fight and then it's like you know now someone's going to try to try to lower that 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 could for sure have a have something to do with it too but if i was if i was the ufc i would kind of hope that i would want ronda to stay there as long as possible although i do think ronda is doing a decent job of making herself unmarketable with her her attitude uh towards misha tate and that's I like Rhonda. Maybe she doesn't care, and she just is who she, she is. She really doesn't. I just I don't think she cares. She doesn't care. But at so. the same time, I think you know, being America's not not only to be America's sweetheart, but being a better sport would would being a better ambassador be a better ambassador. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing that uh, Dana White said this week or last week was that Overeem was ducking Dos Santos. Um, he said, <laughs> Overeem said his his rib hurt, and that's why he didn't want to fight Dos Santos. Uh, and then Dana said, "Well, if it was if it was Brock Lesnar, his rib would be fine." <coughs> right. He, he did call, and then GSP said he would fight Brock Lesnar. <laughs> he said he would come back to fight Brock Lesnar. GSP, which I would watch. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. All day long, I'd watch GSP. Who do you like, GSP or Brock Lesnar? <laughs> uh, GSP. Really? Yeah, he would take him down and 
I, I mean, he would be much faster. Do you really think GSP would beat Brock Lesnar? Oh, yeah. I do. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not joking. Even though he's 170 and Brock is 270? Well, GSP wouldn't have to make 170, obviously, but, you know, being 195, 190, whatever he's walking around right now. But you don't think Brock would take him down? And Brock is, is humongous and has yeah, he is a pro wrestler, one of the well. best takedowns in, in MMA. You think you, you, think you, would, you, think you would take him, throw him out of the cage or something? To eat I don't know. I mean, <laughs> so you think GSP would take down Brock Lesnar? I don't think he would take down Brock Lesnar. I mean, you think he would really take him down with, what, a double? You don't think Brock could nah, sprawl? And not, not a double. Um, yeah, he'd sprawl and land on GSP's back <laughs> and crush him. <laughs> I can't believe you really. No, I think you're being serious. I am dead serious. You think GSP? Ta- I think GSP could take a better punch. He's got a better jab. Uh, he has more tools than Brock Lesnar. Brock would get tired in the first round. But you don't think Brock would just just take him down and just kind of donkey smash? Donkey well, smash him? Yeah, yeah, GSP, he just has the speed. He would move. He would move side to side. He would only engage on his terms. That kind of thing. He he would even probably take his back. But speed alone, he, he wouldn't be getting. He wouldn't be getting taken down. All right. Wow, this is. Uh, I don't think so. I'm starting Brock, to doubt everything you Brock just said. Now, now the last three Brock podcasts, I'm starting to think about every decision. You, now, all right, John Dodson or Kane Velasquez? <laughs> you know, John Dodson has a good no. Kane. Yeah, Kane. Come on. Uh, honestly, even though the speed yeah. goes to Dodson, <laughs> yeah, Kane. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm, I'm just uh, here, okay. For for a second, just hear me out. GSP. Let's say he's 200 pounds. Uncle Creepy he's check faster. Congo. He's okay. got a, He's got. He's better striking. He's got a better gas tank. He is a, a pinpoint jab. He, I, I just. I mean, granted, yeah, Brock's huge and kind of slow, but it's like. It, it, I don't know. I, I. I don't see him winning that fight. Dead serious. Wow. Yeah, I. I think you're crazy. I. I. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I. I just see that Brock. I just think the hundred pounds would be the the, the the factor. I think if GSP was two seventy, the tattoo on his chest. The tattoo is, is bigger than the, the, GSP the, itself. <laughs> but uh, you know, hey man, I mean, you're you're the fighter. You obviously know fighting. You do it for a living. You're in the gym every day. So I have to respect and trust and admire your opinion. I don't know if I agree with it, but I definitely <laughs> understand. I mean, you have a better grasp of fighting than I ever will. But at the same time, I just don't. I mean, Brock is a you know was the UFC heavyweight champion at one point. No, he was. I can't take that away from him. But uh... <laughs> oh, thanks. I mean, how could you possibly take that away from him? <laughs> wow. All right. Okay. Another, and then finally, uh, a Brooks. body kick, a, a, a liver kick from GSP will end that fight. Okay, a li- but before it was, he was going to take him down. It went to a liver kick in the last three seconds. I just see what he, he, I think GSP win that fight. That's all I'm saying. We'll leave it at that. All right. <laughs> Jake Ellenberger. Which, which Brock Lesnar? That Brock Jesus. Lesnar or that Brock Lesnar? Yeah. <laughs> we got a picture of him from high school. What is this? Singlet. Hey, Jesus, hold on. Let me see that thing. He looks like a refrigerator. Yeah. Good God! Well, I mean, but Jake has a Jake has a point where Brock would gas. I do believe he would gas, and if he wouldn't finish him, he might get tired. But he might get tired punching him in the head after he took him down. I don't see how I don't see how GSP takes Brock down. Maybe he jabs and stays outside, and I, I, I don't see it. I don't I don't see it. All right, and finally, uh, Brad Pickett and Uncle Creepy got into a Twitter beef. Uh, they were supposed to fight, uh, and then Uncle Creepy got hurt. 
And then Brad Pickett made up a fake contract. Oh, uh, he actually made up a fake medical record and put Uncle Creepy. And then he goes, reason for injury. And he said, being a, you know, whistling out of a fight. It was pretty funny and posted right. it. <laughs> so uh, that's going to be a good fight, Uncle Creepy and Brad Pickett. Uncle Creepy. I, is, I like Uncle Creepy. Oh, yeah. Mm. I mean, he's never, he's never not in an entertaining fight. I mean, he's, every fight he's ever in is, is entertaining. Even the ones he loses, yep. it, they're still fun to watch. I mean, even even the Benavidez fight was fun. It was fun to watch. I mean, there's nothing, nothing. Uh, Uncle, Cre- I'm an Uncle Creepy fan. You know, I like Uncle Creepy. How did he get that nickname? Do you know? No. Does it have anything to do with the mustache? <laughs> I don't know. I actually made a joke about it though. I go, "What was Sandusky taken?" And, and uh, he got <laughs> he uh, he got upset. But then we Didn't made up. Did he say his niece or something? His niece gave him that. Gave him that? Yeah. yeah, we, yeah, we la- had him. the last show. We had him on. Yeah, we had him on the show. Yeah. Yeah, we had Uncle yeah. Creepy on the show. Cool. I want to get him back on the show. Definitely a cool guy, real cool guy. So Overeem pulled out of the fight with Dos Santos. They're supposed to fight because of a rib. <laughs> yes, Overeem. Yeah, and it's weird because you know Overeem. You know, obviously Overeem's about you know world class fighter, blah blah blah. But he's a, he's a smart business guy. He, I heard his contract is huge for the UFC. I heard it's one of the biggest contracts, and he's a smart guy. He calls out Brock Lesnar. After his fight, he's not, who's not even in the UFC. <laughs> it's just random Didn't he, he already beat him? Yeah, yeah. He, he beat Brock Lesnar, mm-hmm. but I think that fight should have an asterisk on it. Because after that fight, he was caught, not directly after the fight, but it was a couple months later. Mm-hmm. It was that whole random drug test, which I don't know if you ever heard the story about that, but he was going to some kind of UFC event, and he got a phone call saying he was going to be a, there was going to be a random drug test so he like got in his car and he was already there and like left and they like chased him down and he had to come back it was like this whole Jesus. thing and, and um you know hmm. one of those things where if you test positive after a, even a couple months after a fight shouldn't in a way the fight that you just won i mean maybe you weren't Doing drugs for that fight, I guess, but it just. Well, it's he was. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of. But not that. Kind of leaves a bad taste. It leaves a bad taste. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I agree. <clears throat> I'm a huge Brock Lesnar fan. I, 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 I can tell. You think he's going to be GSP. He's watching too much WWE. Yeah. Well, I just give Brock a lot of credit. I mean, you, you got a guy who. Who, who never uh, did MMA before until he was, you know, he was what, like 30-something? He was in the WWE. He was making a ton of money. He, he left it. He goes in there. Within five fights, he has a title. Mm. He really only knows one form of fighting. I mean, he only knows how to wrestle. And I used to just, I mean, there was something about Brock that he had that Tyson aura where you knew something was going to happen. When Brock Lesnar walked into the octagon, I was on the edge of my seat. Like, there was something about Brock Lesnar that my heart started racing. And I can't. He was a world smasher, right? I I can't tell you. I can't explain it. He just had that it factor. Because he's gigantic. He's a freak of nature, man. He looks looks crazy. It would have been nice to see him before all of this stuff happened, before the health concerns. I would like to have seen Brock right out of college. After he won the two, I mean, he's a two-time national champion, right? Two-time national champion, Minnesota. After Minnesota, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At, right out of college, forget the WWE, forget about trying out for the Vikings, and um, and I actually met Dante Culpepper at a, a show in uh, Florida, and Dante Culpepper was the quarterback for the Vikings, and, and a huge dude too, huge dude, six five, two sixty five, huge, and a big comedy fan. And I went up to him and I said, "I'm, I'm sure you, this is probably not the first question people ask him, but I'm like, hey, so." Why didn't Brock Lesnar make the team? That's what I... Because Brock Lesnar, 
I, I can't picture a guy like Brock not making a football team. I go, mm. he, he's got, the, they said he ran like a, a four something 40 and he has got, he goes, well, Brock didn't know any of the plays. He just walked on. Didn't never played football since high school, and football is so technical on that line that you don't he didn't know where to put his hands or and he just got so confused and he would start fights all the time. So that's why Brock didn't make the team, according to Dante mm, Culpepper. Brock hungry, but <laughs> Brock smash. You know the thing about Brock though is that you know he didn't like to get hit. Not that guys yeah. like to get hit, but he especially didn't like to get hit, and he seemed to be he would fall apart when someone hit him. You know I think uh, so much of it is mental. Yeah. I mean, not that I would want to take a punch from Overeem or Cain Velasquez, Cain Velasquez or yeah. Shane Carwin. I mean, those guys. I, mean, I met Shane Carwin. The guy's fist is bigger it's than huge. my entire head. It's huge. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how they have gloves that fit that guy's fist. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I just something about Brock. I like also that he's like never on the internet. You never hear him on social media. He lives with Sable on this. <laughs> Little and the guys, I heard. I'm sure he. If you, I saw his house, it's an expensive house, but it's not like he's living in Beverly Hills and he's making it rain at strip clubs. I mean, the guy's probably got like what twenty million dollars saved up. Uh, I mean, from the WWE and from the UFC. I mean, how much money do you think Brock Lesnar has right now? Sixty-five dollars. Come on. Oh, he's set. No, I'm just kidding. He's set, man. That dude's yeah. set. He's but he's still doing it. He's still out on Monday Night Raw and he's still yeah. fighting. So there's something I always wonder like why a guy like that because he can yeah but he can but okay you're Brock Lesnar you, you, ha- you have let's say 20 million dollars to bank your, your house is you live in Minnesota with no internet and, and like no electricity <laughs> what keeps you going being able to get out of the house and go do WWE stuff. <laughs> but that's not going out of the house and just going to the movies and, and playing. Yeah, this you know. probably gets boring. I mean, you hear about people retiring all the time, and then and then they you see old men back at work working at Walmart. And I retired 15 years ago, but got tired of sitting around, so I just got this little job to keep me busy. Yeah, I mean, maybe. And he's still athletic, you know, and still mm-hmm. wants that excitement. That's probably addictive, getting all that uh, limelight. Oh, yeah, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he enjoys wrestling. Yeah, I mean, he, he wouldn't. He wouldn't do it if he didn't. You know. Right. I always wonder though, a guy like that, like you see, like guys like Bill Goldberg, or you know, they they, they make all this money and, and then they just, you know what, I'm done. And you see other guy, other athletes, they make a ton of money. They, yeah. You never hear from them. But a guy like Brock, who I don't think is spending too lavishly. Yeah. And he's still going out there and doing it. I always wonder what what that drive is. What keeps that guy going? Here, to, hold on. According to Yahoo Sports, Brock makes. Five million a year for thirty to forty appearances. Right, it's five million a year. So, uh, how many years he's been doing it? And like a decade. On top least. of the UFC money, which I'm sure was a lot, because I think he got part of the pay per view or something. Mm-hmm. He's doing all right. Yeah. He's not struggling. And he, yeah. His phone isn't getting cut off. His phone <laughs> is Brock Lesnar. I don't think he has a phone. I, I think <laughs> right. Brock Lesnar is one of those dudes. So, anyway, uh, I think that's our show. What do you think, DJ? Yeah, why not? That's what <laughs> <laughs> Time to end this thing. Anything you want to plug, uh, T-Rex? Uh, Twitter, Todd Rex, T-O-D-D-R-E-X-X. Facebook, same thing. Jake? Ellenberger MMA on Twitter and Instagram. Ellen Bizzle. Adam Comedian <laughs> on Twitter and at MMA Roasted. Uh, this Friday night, I will be at um, the uh, Catch a Rising Star in Princeton. Saturday night, we catch a start in Rhode Island. Next week at the LA Comedy Club in Las Vegas at Bally's. So hopefully you guys uh, will be there. I'm there. You're there? I'm coming. Nice. 
Thank you guys very much and have a great week.